Welcome everyone to Comics from the Multiverse episode 263. I am Peter and joining me as always is Matt. It's clobbering time. That is a very topical reference if you happen to care about wrestling. Uh, Connor's also here. I, I thought Matt was just banned for the other company for uh, for, for no oh, reason. No, 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 no. I, I, okay, I did not realize there was no, content. No, no, no. Very, very, uh, CM Punk comes out, he, he checks his watch, and then well, yells to the crowd, it's clobbering time. In my defense, boy thing. in my defense, this is a comic book podcast, not a wrestling yeah. podcast. No, no, but for, forgive me for assuming you were referencing yeah, Marvel. Yeah. Well, yes, but Matt is a much bigger fan of CM Punk than he is the Thing from Fantastic Four. Mind you, I say, are you my sure Skype image, that? my Skype image is the thing dressed as CM Punk. Uh, so, yeah, but is that because you think it's cool that it's thingified CM Punk, or because it's like the combination of two things you love? That it's that I do love the thing. He's he's and he might be in my top ten uh, Marvel. He's, he's a very characters. obvious Matt character. Yeah, I don't I mean, know. I, he's he's big and grumpy, and what's not to love? Let it be known, if I ever say the sentence, I love the thing, I'm talking about John Carpenter's movie, right? <laughs> I like that one too. Let me make that very clear. It's a very uh, good one. Not that I have any strong negative <laughs> feelings about the thing, I just don't really care about Fantastic Four I that love, much. I love John Carpenter's The Thing, I love the ever-loving Blue-Eyed Thing, I love Swamp Thing, I kind of like Man-Thing, so this is just things. Malik's things. That's been yeah. c- confirmed. Yes, but uh, Brian Danielson is more important than CM Punk, and that's even seems I mean, like, that seems like more of a done deal at this point. Just just to keep on this topic for a split second. I almost second. feel though that again, this was a smart. We talked about it in a side chat. I feel like the Punk thing was a smokescreen to bring in the American Dragon. So, you know, uh, apparently ticket sales for Chicago for All Out through the roof. That that's the thing. So, it's actually started to look like both. They're plausible. They're both yeah. starting to gain enough traction yeah. that it feels like it may happen. But uh, this is a DC Comics podcast, uh, believe it or not. Uh, we talk about comic books, we read their DC Comics, and we talk about the ones we read. It's pretty much that simple. And coming up on today's show, we are going to be talking about Superman and the Authority, Issue 1, Nightwing 82, Justice League 65, the Flash 772, Catwoman 33, Blue and Gold issue 1, although if we don't have time we may skip that, uh, and then Supergirl, <laughs> Woman of Tomorrow. I'm trying to skip two. Justice League and just talk <laughs> Justice League Dark, but hey uh, And also I'm doing a Patriot Book of Joker issue 5. I don't know if Carl, you doing one? I, I did, I did a Harley Quinn issue 4. I think it was 4. Sounds so confident. It, it was 4. Okay, sorry. Yes. Harley Quinn issue 4. I'm on the down right now. Okay. So that's what's going up on the show, though. So, you know, uh, interesting mix of books. Uh, but we don't have the 90 minutes of solicits like we did last week because there was so much new stuff in the solicits that uh, it was... I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Last week was not our highest quality episode in that back half because we, we were quite tired <laughs> at the end of that with that <laughs> amount of solicits. We we clearly ran out of steam, yes, probably about two books into the, the second half, and it was just kind of on fumes from that point on. But, it you know, really was. It, it, it's fine. It's fine. People, I think people enjoy the loopiness a little bit, so we can... Well, 250-plus episodes in, I think. This is episode in... 263, so yes, that would be an accurate uh, yes. statement. Uh, I, I'd, I'd forgotten for a moment. Uh, 
we're allowed one every so often, but we're just, we're just tired. <laughs> I think we have a reasonable quality when we're <laughs> below, below That's par. That's the millennial war cry. We're just so tired. <laughs> Yes, I think straight back around to wrestling, that's why Orange Cassidy is the most uh, perfect symbol of the current era as far as wrestling um, characters goes. I, I I never had strong feelings about Sting. I, I love Sting after that <laughs> altercation. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm so confused. Uh, yeah, okay. Do you know what, Carter? Dynamite AEW has been on basically fire for the last few weeks, and it seems like it's going to continue. So you may get a little huh? references mm-hmm. here or there. As they have no competition. Uh, that said, <laughs> <laughs> that said uh, I, I am paying attention to stuff going on in Impact because a, a guy that started out here is uh, named Chris Bay. He's over there at Impact, and uh, Jay White offered him a spot in the Bullet Club. And uh, if that happens, I it's just it's wild seeing a guy that I watched in like a a room with fifty other people now getting to join the Bullet Club like crazy. So I would say, but that's not even competition for AEW because those are you know it's almost a partner at this point. Well, that's the thing. Like the rest of the wrestling world is decided to do a shared universe where they all coexist. It's just yeah. it's just WWE is just this weird like Apple. Well, but they're not as good as Apple. And I don't like Apple, but they're like uh, a shit version of Apple of wrestling. Yeah, they're uh <laughs> and they can't even get their stuff across the board right because like I, uh, I saw the gr- NXT champ uh oh, I saw got this, rolled yeah. out by Jeff Hardy. I, so, in two but, minutes I believe it was. It was a two yeah. minute squash match. I, I only I ever felt my eyes glaze over before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, I saw a great tweet that it said that AEW, New Japan, Triple A, mm-hmm. Impact, and one other one uh, are more in sync with each other and more on the same page than NXT is with the main roster <laughs> in WWE. <laughs> and as someone that started watching NXT again because Samoa Joe popped back up, um, NXT is still good, but still there's no competition like yes. it's just you know nxt's it's nice little sub you know it's in its own world right it's almost like if you were only into Wildstorm instead of dc and that's fine <laughs> you know what i mean like you just enjoy your those cats. people definitely exist uh, yeah. and they were ecstatic last week when that uh, grifter story ended so oh yeah i forgot to read that, that no busy. wait that's wildcats not wildstorm never mind no but, wildcats. yeah Oh, did they say Wildcats? Oh, sorry, I thought they said Wildstorm. No, I mean, okay, fair enough. But uh, yeah, no, but I said Wildstorm because that's where Wildcats started, right? Is it? Yeah, it's all Light Universe, right? Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. I, I basically, I had a momentary fart where I just I thought they were two different, separate, <laughs> completely different things. Oh, I mean, the Authority were Wildstorm, and now they've crossed to DC. Yeah, what, Wildstorm was the DC, and Authority and Wildcats right. were... I, I love how we get back into... DC's D- within. Right. DC comics related discussion because Matt used a DC comics thing as a metaphor for the wrestling conversation we were having. Professional segue. That's where my brain. <laughs> where my brain goes. As professional uh, podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure uh, it'll come back up later. But uh, see, just it, it'll be you'll be pleased to know I've been yelling MDK all day since uh, <laughs> since yesterday when I watched Dynamite. Uh, people are tired of me, if you can imagine. Uh, so. <laughs> That was really uh, that, that that was a eventful uh, thing, yes. 
Um, and I'm happy for Archer. I'm happy Archer got to be the first person yeah. to beat Moxley clean. And it yeah. was a nice, brutal match. Uh, yeah. And, and it played with the rules of wrestling where you set up the death trap, you go into the death trap. Yes. Um, so as soon as he set it up, I looked over at my wife and was like, oh, Mox is taking some time off again. Yeah, but isn't it nice that the hometown hero got to win? I don't mind that. I mean, the only time I've cared about that is uh, Money in the Bank 2011. Uh, so. well, that's 10 years ago, Matt. It's a decade ago. You did. Yeah, that's where, where the last time, uh, that's when Punk won the title. Right? <laughs> and they ruined it within like a month, so. <laughs> we don't talk about that. We don't talk about the Kevin Nash stuff. Kevin Nash came in with his dodgy knees and pissed it all away. <laughs> <laughs> all right oh, but to get on to dc comic stuff um uh, apolo- now, apologies yeah. for the uh 90 or so percent of the audience who just hated the last three minutes of conversation Believe me audience i feel you hey, hey connor yeah it, it, it didn't come home we, we spoke about this last week it did not oh, unsurprisingly because because england always choke especially in penalties uh, but, that's, that's what england do but matt it, it was the funniest version of not coming home though because they got all the way to penalties and then lost right yeah. at the very end she so, don't suck even funny. in soccer uh especially i would say yeah no. uh, yeah uh, i mean it, it, it sucks but yeah. hey new season starts up like in october a few weeks time so i can get Spoken back to like a true batter fan uh yeah. like a true batter fan next season starts soon yeah uh, i'd be disappointed on a weekly basis by my team it's fine to get on with the show then shall we uh of course we've got all those books come up and we don't have any news this week which is you know notable compared to last week but we have everyone's favorite segment the most popular segment <laughs> We can, I can tell this. I can tell you. Yeah, there are people who I think just watch this segment or listen to this segment and then don't even listen to the rest of the show. They're just here for the for the top ten. We call them masochists. Call us all your top tens a draw, brother. All right, it's a draw. It's a, <laughs> it is the forbidden door. I've not got enough booze. It's not. Uh, I like how Karen got that was a wrestling reference though. Yeah. <laughs> just just from the the grins between the two of you. That said, real quick, Pete, before we go on, did you see the trailer for Heels? Uh, no, I did not. No, that's just Stephen Amell. It looks pretty, it looks sure, pretty yeah. good. I don't know if it's gonna be that melodramatic mm-hmm. or what, but it looks like a. You know how you got real excited to watch Glow because you're like, oh, it's about the storytelling. Oh sure. And about the, the work that goes in. It's kind of how this one feels, but there, it's a bit dirtier and dodgier. Um, so seems like a lot of fun. I might have to subscribe to Stars. Because uh, I don't know how that works. I don't know if they have a deal with like Netflix or whatever to put them up after. Um, so I do want to watch it. Oh, speaking of TV shows that should be watched, are you are you going to be watching Superman and Lois, Matt, when it's uh, done with the season? I, I will because I I had added it to my list on on HBO Max, and then I went to watch it, and they removed it from HBO Max. So I have only seen two episodes. Because I refuse to go to the CW app because the CW app sucks, mm. sucks worse than the TNT app. Well, uh, and the TNT app sucks. You have most of the best stuff yet to come. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Twists and turns and things to enjoy. Well, so I I will watch it. 
Uh, so I'm waiting for that one. I'm waiting for season five of Riverdale. Uh, they've, uh, they've somehow actually kind of redone several things from Batman v Superman, but good. It's actually very impressive. Oh, you mean it wasn't things. the concepts, it was the execution? Hmm. Like, they, there's straight up a, a Martha adjacent scene. Oh, but boy. it's good. It's, it's, but it's a good oh. scene. Yeah. The, the overall arc of one character in, in, in this season has been that movie. You're telling me Batman's on Superman and Lois? No, Batman's not on it. But someone Batman else is adjacent. Someone's a stand-in for the role that Batman plays in the story. Gotcha. <laughs> I don't watch you won't guess who it is, don't worry. Nah. Alright. Everyone's favorite segment. The comments all at the top ten. Uh let's start with this. Anyway, it's a DC book at number one, so I will open the floor to some guesses. So. I don't know what books came out this week. <laughs> Just stick with uh, what you read. <laughs> 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 it's not Superman the Authority. Damn. Uh, Nightwing? Nightwing is number one at the time of recording. Nightwing I, I, really, I really thought that Morrison and Jan and Janin, however we're saying it, uh, was going to be able to make a push. I like Janine. Mikkel Janine. Janine. Yeah. <laughs> I have seen it's supposed to be Janine. Like that. I, I, I figured it was a soft. I figured it was a Y sound. Yeah. yeah. I went to meet him at WonderCon a couple of years ago, but he was never at his damn table. He was the opposite of um of uh what's his name? <sighs> I'm having a hard time. David Arquette. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> the the really dodgy artist that we all don't like. Oh, Rob uh, Liefeld. Who? Rob Liefeld. Yeah, thank you. Jesus you Christ. <laughs> Liefeld always at his table. Always. <laughs> that dude's never gone. Uh, this is the only place he makes money all year. Yeah. Yannon? Yannon? He's never there. Very disappointed. Had so much uh, grace in for him to sign. <laughs> Not there. My cat coming back. Good. Damn it, Janine. And walking uh-huh. away again. And then he has um, his comic art. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Number two is Star Wars Darth Vader. 14. Uh, number 3 is Marauders, which is an X-Book issue 22. Number 4 is Superman the Authority issue 1, so it's uh, fairly high up. Uh, New Mutants issue 20 is number 5, and then number 6 is Justice League 65. And then Alien issue 5 is number 7. Number 8 is Guardians of the Galaxy issue 16. Number 9 is The Flash issue 772. So uh, we got, what, 1, 2, 3, 4 DC books in the top 10. That's not bad. And number 10 is... Uh, Thor annual issue one. I uh I tried reading that Alien series last oh, week because yeah. uh, I I have Marvel Unlimited for anyone who knows. Mm-hmm. I read all my Marvel books now. This is a three month delay, so right. I was I was tried the first issue a couple of weeks ago. I, I literally could not finish it. I I got maybe seven or eight pages in, are. and the art is just yeah. horrendous. Oh boy! And it's it's little kid Johnson writing it, who yeah. we clearly like a lot. Yeah. But oh boy, could not do it. Not not even for free as part of my subscription. <laughs> not not even for free. Yeah. So I just can't finish this. <laughs> which which sucks. Yeah, I just look at a, a little bit further ahead to some of the DC books. Blue and gold come in at number eleven right now, which is honestly, good, honestly cool yeah, it's better than I'd have thought. Uh Supergirl's a few slots lower. Uh and then you got a few slots lower again for Catwoman, which kinda rounds out everything on that top uh, top twenty four. Because the first 
it's four rows of six, so it's, it's always the top 24 that I'm kind of looking at when I'm doing this. Uh, so, not bad. Not bad. There's something to be said for being on the front page. Uh, yeah. So, mm -hmm. cool. Cool. There you go. I won't belabor it. As you come, we saw your top 10. Straight into the point. Everyone loves it. But Matt, he just likes to pretend he doesn't. No, I really don't like it. I, I, I like think you, Matt wants like you and Connor for a minute. He's just nodding. Yes. He was nodding. Let it be known, Matt nodded first and then remembered he, to go he back at the character. Like nodding along, being like, come on, like, let's get on with this. Yeah. That's exactly. Connor gets it. Uh, well, Connor catches <laughs> it. Doesn't work all apparently. day. Just go, uh huh. Uh huh. What did I just say? Not a clue. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear all right let's get into some books shall we superman and the authority you <laughs> won grant morrison and mikhail janine uh on the art that's, that's just the thing now mikhail janine i've decided that's the i, I really hope that someone hasn't clicked on like the youtube cut version of this book <laughs> as the first thing they've ever watched from us <laughs> we, we we do know how, that's not how it's said please don't, don't. Let that turn you away. Mm, you're right. I, I realise my mistake. It's, it's not Mikel Janine. It's uh, Michael and Janine. It's a, it's a pair. It's a couple. It's a duo. Jeez. It's an art duo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, that's oh. some humour to the proceedings, all right? Uh, yeah. We need it after this book. <laughs> this was... Oof. Superman the Thurry, yeah. This is... Uh, so obviously we knew this was a holdover from 5G. Like behind the scenes, we'd heard about this a long time ago, and it was in that rumblings. Um, Yannin was even sharing mock-ups uh, last week of what designs Superman was going to be, and some of them looked significantly older, like you know, grayer hair, for example. Yeah. I feel like this doesn't fit with continuity in a lot of ways even well, though it's well, telling me you mean the part where it's in the 60s and superman's talking to jfk yeah. you mean that yeah, there's, there's like some <laughs> lines that maybe implies there's some random time travel that was going on with with soups maybe yeah but yeah but i still don't uh, understand that all the stuff in the now which it, it yeah. says now specifically not a specific time mm -hmm. but there's all this like implications that superman's not been around for a while and I'm like, well, not just Superman, but superheroes in general. Yeah, and I'm like, this, and I would be fine just saying this is out of continuity. You know, mm -hmm. it's a mini, sure, whatever. It could still be enjoyable. But Superman and the Authority team is going to be in action comics after this arc. So, what? I, I'm, I'm willing to bet there's some shenanigans that go on. Oh, I'm sorry, you're telling me Grant Morrison. Yeah. Might pull some shenanigans. Yeah. I mean, and if this was any other writer, I would be like, uh, I'd be dreading that. But I trust in Morrison and the multiverse. I mean, so... it, is, it is entirely possible that this is just another Earth and they just visit yeah. the main Earth in action comics. Like, I mean, because there's the way that they talk about Superman's son and his wife, and it's all stuff that's from the past, and we all know that's not like. Even in, in Johnson's action stuff, the with the war world and all that, I mean, unless this is a post-war world Superman, and that's why, you know, like, but this is not current continuity, and you can't tell me that it, that it is. But, well, like, it's just... I mean, I, yeah, I would accept just it's in the future, and it's a possible future like any other book that yeah, has a possible a future. future state. But, 
but it yeah. specifically says now. Yeah, that says nothing to me. The, the now just means yeah. now in the context of this book. I don't care about that. Right. But the it's, problem it's, is, is the, the problem is, is that so, this Superman and his team are apparently showing up in Action Comics soon. And this is definitely not, we're not going to be ready for post-War World Superman in a couple of months' time in Action Comics. We're not going to be there no. at that point. So, and, and that's why, and I'm, I'm definitely getting Kingdom Come Superman vibes from the Superman. And it's not just the S logo or the gray on the temples. This is a Superman that has, that is world weary and, you know, and isn't, you know, the bright, shiny beacon of hope. He's kind of like, yeah, I had hope. Uh, it went bad. And now I have to team up with Manchester Black. And he's a right. little bit uh, Dark Knight Returns. In kind the of. sense of, you know, where he, he kind of treats Manchester Black very coldly. He's just mm -hmm. like, you know, like just matter of fact deals with him really matter of factly, you know, pretty harshly at points. Uh, you know, causes some pain and doesn't seem to worry too much about it. To to be fair, I mean, it feels like Manchester Black is just sci-fi Constantine. You know what I mean? Isn't he usually? Yeah. So I I get it. You know, like <laughs> yeah. Superman does not gel with that guy. Yeah, because after because we have the opening where the Superman's talking to JFK and it's the sixties, uh, and it's like right before the assassination of JFK. Cause it's the same month. And yeah, it's it's November nineteen sixty three because he got shot November twenty second. Yes. So uh, and JFK's like, hey, if anything happens to me, you know, you have to promise you're going to like lead the world forward and like you know mm -hmm. uh, help humanity go forward. Blah blah blah. Um, and we skip ahead to whatever this book's present day is. That it's Manchester Black as a SWAT team after him. Uh, and I'll, I'll give this book credit, like, I, I was expecting something that was going to be super wordy, and at the very least, this entire section, where there's a SWAT team coming after Manchester Black, is actually quite light and breezy, <laughs> because it's more yeah, just the heart uh, and action. Morrison really got out of his own way and let Yannon tell the story, so, which, and I, I, I go hard at Morrison just because a lot of his concepts I miss with, like, they're just not for me, however, he is an adept comic writer so like of course he's not going to word up yet in pages you know uh where, and, where and you got manchester who, back jumping through windows and stuff anyone who overwords yet in pages yeah. deserves to be fired i mean even i'm looking at like thinking back to the first time i saw yen in art and that was in grayson uh i don't think Seely or king ever it was too wordy they you know? tended to if anything let him have a bit too yeah. much freedom and just like, hey, do double page splashes they, all the time. Yeah, they, it was kind of underwritten at points, almost. Where they're like, hey, you want to see Dick doing something cool? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you know, so, but almost yeah, but fun. no, um, I forget which Twitter account tweeted it, but they had pointed out that this dichotomy of Superman with, with Kennedy and then what that represents when you get to the point where he talks about the later 60s, you know, when all of these political figures basically get assassinated and the whole world just, it it changes. Um, and how Superman still, like, you have the vibe that he didn't give up, like, he went harder, and maybe that's why he's so world-weary. Like, but he's still Superman, right? Like, I don't get vibes like he's this dark, you know, I'm trying to think of another comparison, you know, like, of a dark Superman. He's just a darker shade of gray superman he, he's not all the way to 
Dark Knight Returns Superman, specifically. Well, Dark Knight Returns Superman is a government puppet, right? Right. He's yeah, not he's that not far gone. No, he's not that, but he's also you just feel like he's been active somewhere. We just don't know what he's been up to. That's the thing. It tells me that, oh, there's time travel stuff going on, and he spent some time in the 60s and other points in time, but came back, but it kind of just feels like he lived it. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it, this almost feels like, removing the whole continuity piece, this almost feels like a sequel to Morrison's Action Comics, where you had Superman, like, originally, that was meant to be a story out of continuity, and it was yeah. a retelling of Superman in the 30s and, you know, how all that played out. Uh, this feels like he had kept pace and now he's in the 60s. Now he's in whatever the present day is. And you can track that character. I can see what you're saying. So it's kind of a weird version of if his original stuff, yeah, his this, this Superman had lived from the 30s, mm-hmm. he would have been in his prime in the 60s. Right. And the older, wearier Superman now. Right. Okay, I can that, see that. that. That's how I read the rest of the book. Once once I got to the 68 part and the Manchester Black, and I mean, I really the only time I've ever read Manchester Black is in What's So Funny About Truth, Justice, and the American Way, you know, with him and the elite and, and all that stuff. Isn't Manchester Black into Massey's. Oh, shit, he was. I forgot. Yeah, it was. That's the stuff. Yeah, that's the stuff that uh, doesn't get as high praise. Yeah, that's where we started Stuff falling off that one, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but with with Manchester Black, I just you know he's you know the the anti-hero that's just meant to serve as a foil for Superman. So a lot of their stuff going back and forth here, you know, like Superman fixing his spine and uh, all of that stuff. So yeah. That was so to take real well to explain this, Manchester Black, after he deals with the SWAT team with his powers, Superman shows up. He wakes up in the fortress. And he's he's rambling on about Superman having done this to him and putting him in this chair, but he, the chair's actually healing him after Superman's already like fused his spine back together yeah, or something he, like that. Yeah, he gets shot before he's before he's before Superman shows up. Like the bullets do go through him, so I'm assuming that's what caused the damage. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, sure. I wasn't fixated on what caused the damage. I just, uh, but Superman has brought him here partly because he's thinking he's going to need some help, because the Phantom Zone is about to open up. There's a bunch of criminals in the mm-hmm. Phantom Zone who have figured out how to get through it. Uh, probably my favourite thing in the whole book is Manchester Black saying, uh, F that, I'm not helping you at all, and just walks out into <laughs> the snow. But he gets so far away, you don't get like any speech in the bubble, but you just get no. the little sharp bubble that implies that he's yelling an F-bomb or something off in uh-huh. the distance, and you can't hear it. Obviously he's like, damn it, I've got too much of a conscience, I need to go back and help with him. So... That was a neat little beat. Manchester Black's kind of a weird character for me because I I like him in the story with the elite because it's kind of what you know what that story is for Superman and what it is about mm-hmm. him sort of standing up for who he is and his principles. But Manchester Black is a character on his own. I don't really like that much. Uh, I've never really liked when he's popped up again. And as someone who doesn't like John Constantine really that much, the fact that I don't like Manchester Black that much it should not come as mm-hmm. a surprise. Uh, so yeah, that's. Well, that's why I asked if that was a, a, a good take, because that's how I feel that he is. And it's not just because he's British and whatnot, but he's just kind of this guy that's just, he's chaotic neutral. He's out for himself. He's out to cause as much, you know, trouble as he can and keep his hands clean from it all. Um, 
And sometimes I almost just wish it was Constantine because I would, I'd like to see, you know, that whole magic side with Superman versus the, the telekinesis to let the be part of it. Um, but yeah, I, I did like this Phantom Zone sequence though too, where they, that the Phantom Zone criminals have co-opted these drones that were originally sent in and there's, there's a breach. And so Superman has to fight them and Manchester Black comes in and tries to trick them. But because their AI has telepathy doesn't work, I just thought that was a real good show of his character. To that he's just used to messing with people's brains first. And then he's like, oh, shit, yeah, I don't want this. Yeah, got to do something else. Right, so that was pretty good. And again, the art here just is doing doing so much work. Like and the color here with the when it, uh, the Phantom Zone opens and you get all those reds. Well, the red. Yeah. Well, the red. My only problem with the colors here is. Superman's suit randomly turns black. Well, mm-hmm. the Reds also uh, come out of play earlier on with the SWAT team, so I think the Reds actually a strong indicator of when Manchester Black's using his, uh, you know, telepathy. Oh, powers. that makes sense. Yeah, I didn't pick up on that. Uh, I think it's that, and also there was the nice. Uh, there's a nice thematic crossover with the uh, the last Action Comics annual that we just had, mm-hmm. where the Phantom Zone had turned red, uh, and we kind of uh-huh. experienced it through that view. Mm. Yeah, so it kind of lines up nicely with that as well. Yeah, some tease of a villain in Elsa Orbit, who, mm-hmm. uh, because Superman's been weakening over the years, he can barely fly anymore, he can hover, he can't really fly yeah. the way he could before, uh, and this villain's got, got some kryptonite by the looks of it, some glowing green. Um, he says that they've kind of misunderstood kryptonite, and he knows its true purpose. Um, yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this has to be Lex, right? I don't think so. I think it's... Uh, I don't know. It could, could be anybody. He really, talks though. about his oldest enemy. I mean, you know, I got... Kryptonite. He looks kind of like an alien to me, though. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, he I don't think so. I think he's just old. I mean, and if that if my theory holds, and this is Lex from the 30s, you know, I, and he's, I, I he's gone to space old. to preserve his, you know, his body or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I, I could be wrong, but... I'd put money on Lex right now. Hmm. Uh, Superbad shows Manchester Black. He's got the the night the you know the, the round table. A round mm-hmm. table. He's got a round table. Well, no, because he mentions that he saved it from Camelot, right? Yeah, yeah, but he mentions that there was multiple Camelots, oh, you sure, know, okay. and you know various Arthur. So it's a round table in that. Right, sense. which again goes into the whole what we know about Morrison and the multiverse and fluidity of time and whatnot, right? So yeah, you know. Just like there's many Arthurs, there might be many Clarks. Ah, uh, that's true. But this this is another point where in the colors, I don't quite understand what's going on. Superman's suit randomly just switches panel to panel between being the kind of couple of shades of blue and just being pure black with with just red. Uh, you know, over this page, over this page, and the next couple, it just goes back and forth randomly, and I don't understand why. Like, I don't know if it's a coloring mistake or if there's a reason, and I'm, I don't know if I'm picking up on something or not. I think it's just meant to be a when we're further away from it's just you know, we lose detail and they're representing that with the, just being black. But that you wouldn't see that as just black when I don't know. That doesn't it just doesn't track for me. I, I can still see the blue on Manchester's shirt, but Superman. Who's all in blue is in it becomes black. That that makes no sense. 
I mean, I, I get the logic. I, I'm not saying it's necessarily the right choice, but I think that's just all it is. I don't think there's any more reasons for it than I that. Mean, maybe that is what it is, but if it is, yeah. I, I really dislike that choice. Um, it's not something that particularly bothered me, if I'm honest. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, basically, you know, Manchester Black's going to look look out for uh, some names, some team members uh, mm-hmm. to recruit to help build the finer world and may have the ironic ending of him throwing up all over a globe. Uh, <laughs> which is, you know. Yes, because he has a, a pre-existing medical condition where if he doesn't consume alcohol on an hourly basis, he goes into what well, I'm assuming he was going to say a coma hmm. something. So, Connor, what's that like? I, I, I couldn't possibly say. Mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you know what's so weird about this? Is I thought this was a pretty easy read, which is mm-hmm. not something I would often say for Grant Morrison comics uh, no. in recent times. Uh, as far as the actual content goes, though, as far as the, what the story is so far and, and what it's leading to, I'm kind of like, that's okay. Like, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not feeling in love with it. I'm not... Uh, I think the art's very good. Art. Yeah, yeah. I think the art makes it feel like it's a bit more important than it actually is right now. Uh, and you know, returning to the the one point Superman thinks about JFK again, and we get like again the sort of the the shaky film strip mm-hmm. look of like the the, the memory right. of that. Well, yeah, it's calling out to the Zapruder film, you know, the famous. Yeah. 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 So it, it's the sort of book where it's fine um, for the story confusing in its place and context gorgeous art however if we didn't know for a fact that this team was showing up in a couple of months time in the main book that obviously going to be reading I don't know if I'd stick with it but the fact that it's only four issues means I probably will Mm. yeah yeah no I mean it's Superman so I'm gonna stick with it Right, so like, you know. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess we're pretty much at the ratings. I, I don't have any like big hot takes. Beyond it's just it's fine. I, I you know, yeah. I, I don't, it's it's the most boring thing to say, but it, I I think had we been in a a five G world, this would have been a lot more interesting because it could have committed to its ideas. Right. Mm. Well, at, and also the whole idea that the Justice League failed too. We kind of skipped over that. That they're are they not out there anymore? Did something happen? You know, like like what what's been going on here? Why does he need to assemble this new team? Yeah, you know, it's 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 an interesting book in a place of of looking at it as a a glimpse into what DC Comics might have looked like in an alternate timeline, right? Mm-hmm. In, in in a world where Didier wasn't fired. This is the current state of the DC universe you mean, right no, now. We have, a, we have a name for that. It's called the Darkest Timeline. <laughs> yes. In in the Darkest Timeline, That's... this is what DC Comics looks like, and that is fascinating. But as a story, uh, you know, as it's in its own right, as an issue, yeah, it's fine. It's it's hardly Morrison's best work, but Yannin turns in twenty-five or so great-looking pages, as usual. Yeah, so, it's a lot mm-hmm. oversized, worth mentioning. It's more than 20 pages. Yeah. Um, all right, well, we can read it then. Matt, what are you giving Superman the authority? I'm going to give this a 7.5. Uh, I'm going to give it a 6.5. Yeah, I'm inclined to give it a 6.5. So, mm-hmm. there you go. 
Nightwing 82, Tom Taylor writing with Bruno Redondo on the art. So, I was an event, getting a new issue of Taylor's Nightwing. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. and just, just for the record, uh, Redondo, uh, Rick Leonardi, and Neil Edwards are all on art. Oh, I, I do apologize. Um, but, yeah, so we had the cliffhanger last issue of the of the sister. Uh, I thought this was particularly well handled at the start of this book. Uh, the way Nightwing's narration kind of like reacts to more parts of what she says as, as, as it's only the first panel really, but it just it made me laugh a little bit. The little oh no the, when he realised there might be some validity to this was uh that panel mm-hmm. I had flashbacks to like as if I was reading the uh the the Brian Q. Miller Stephanie Brown Batgirl book. Yeah, oh yeah, with I that can, narration. I can see that. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Uh, and I got a cackle out of this joke here where you realize, oh, give me my mask back. I need to talk to Oracle. She's probably sending in the cavalry. And we get this joke where she has to call off the, the was it the save bird rescue? Uh, big, big bird extraction. Big bird distraction. Big bird that's extraction. what it was. And you turned the page and I was like, okay, here we, we're going to see like, the entire Justice League. And it was like, it ended up being not the Justice League, but it was like the Titans, Batman, <laughs> all being like, all right, we're almost yeah, here it's, though. It's, it's his Titans team, which yeah. makes sense. That's- that's way better to me the, than, than the Justice League. I love when writers do this because it's like, like it's heartwarming to see them come to save him, and then even even Bruce is kind of the last one to 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 peel out. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah, like, I didn't mean to imply that I was disappointed that it wasn't the Justice League. Oh, uh, you know, yeah, I, I, no. Just, but I like I like that it's his Titan team. Like it's yeah. not like, and, and personally, I'm it's, glad it's, it's his not team the, and Batman yeah. because. Well, of course, yeah. I, 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 I guess in my head, I thought it might have even been funnier if it was like, you know that page you get at the end of like Rebirth when it was launching, it was the whole roster of the DC Universe? They <laughs> like yeah. just have a page like that where they're all coming because Dick Grayson's in the trouble. memes, though. Uh, <laughs> here they come to save him from DDO. <laughs> you know? Like, uh, oh. But no, it was a heartwarming little bit. Uh, but it's like, okay, all right. You're about to be completely trashed by lots of superheroes who... The, uh, the small moment of him letting out the sigh of relief and there being the physical puff of air is a artistic touch I absolutely love in this issue. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, and I... Uh, yeah, so from here it becomes this flashback issue where uh, she takes him to her mother... And her mother tells the story of how she met John Grayson and it's, and Zuko and everyone else. And it's not a pleasant story. It's a pretty sad story where she was effectively purchased as a bride, uh, as, as a young woman, and eventually run away when she was at the circus. Uh, the Graysons helped her. Uh, she does point out, though, that Dick's parents were not an item yet. And even though, in hindsight, she said it was pretty clear that it was going to eventually be an item, but they weren't actually an item. Mm. Uh, so there was yeah, never so they, cheating around like that. They, yeah, they put her uh, that that John put Mary up on such a pedestal and vice versa that they they couldn't you know make it work yet. And um, they are here uh, is very much and and the flashback and the story itself is very much trying to harken back to like a you know the an older age of comic books. I, mean, I feel like this would look amazing printed on matte newspaper the, style the paper. Old, yeah. Mm old style but that's what it's shooting for once that feel because you know it's trying to harken back because dick grayson's origin of course goes all the way back to the you know the 40s yeah. so. um and so what's interesting about this is that obviously it just shows that both the graysons are kind of heroic because they're hiding this this woman who's scared she ends up staying with uh with john 
for a brief time it, until it's until all that everyone in the circus steps in to help. Yeah, even yeah, even Haley comes in and says, you know, do you know where she is? And he's like, oh, she's yeah, she's in my trailer. Like, oh, good man. Like you know, there's a little exchange there that's really sweet. And, well, and I think what's yeah, in, it, I think what's interesting to me about this story though is that you know Zuko eventually finds her uh, when they're touring somewhere else, and comes and nabs her back and gets John back a little bit by beating him up, and he's going to kill him, but you know whatever. Um. What gets me about this story is that this is effectively adding in an element to the murder of the Graysons. And that's the sort of thing that on paper, if you just told me they're going to, you know, add in an extra like bit of motivation for that, it might sound quite bad. And for most mm-hmm. superhero origin stories, I, I think most things you could add to them are probably going to feel like a really bad retcon, feel like you're, you're putting stuff in. I think what makes it kind of work here with this is that the Grayson's murder was never meant to be a random act like Brissy's parents was. It was never meant to be that. There was was always motivation of some sort. There was always intention. It just, this just flips it slightly to being he specifically wanted those two to be the ones who died beyond just two people at the circus to make the, you know, the the threat, the the retaliation as it was. It it adds a bit more of it being personal for Zuko. Like, it wasn't just a shakedown. You know? Like, he, he was getting back at the carnival for stealing his, you know... Um, what's, what's the word? Uh, mail-order bride. You know? Essentially, uh, yeah. Yeah. So... And, and the I way, like the that, way though, he too, sees it, probably yeah. property. Right. And so, the fact that this now created Nightwing and also, you know, this Zuko... You know, and now she's the mayor of Bloodhaven. All goes back to the circus. Yeah, it's 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 just it's actually an impressive way of adding it into the story without changing or altering what the story was supposed to be in the first place. You know, it didn't mm-hmm. feel like it betrayed the the intent of, of that action. And you know, there's obviously the the beat where because she makes it clear that this is because before the Graysons got together. That obviously that means Dick's sister's older than him. At least by a right. little bit, uh, yeah. And she mentions that she, you know, she brought her daughter to to meet John, uh, you know, when she was like I don't know eight or nine or something. And mm-hmm. lo and behold, found that Dick was there and existed and was with his parents and didn't want to like make that life messy. Didn't want to make that relationship messy. Mm-hmm. Uh, which again is a little heroic on her part and a bit selfless. Uh, although she always wanted to kind of like eventually come in and tell them and you know let let people know and. You know, give give them a chance to meet. Give, you know, people. You know, give give John a chance to meet his daughter, and and you know, like for all the reasons that you would. But of course, uh, it was too late because of the death. So, you know, it's um, I think it's a really neat way of repackaging this a little bit to put in this character. And I know, I know that I usually complain about retconning characters into someone's past. But right. I, this, this is a rare case where I think it kind of works. And I also think it's important to say that this is not retconning someone into Dick's past that he knows that we've never heard about. Right. This is someone that Dick didn't know about. So it puts right. him in the same footing as us, which makes it easier to relate to as a, as a reader. Mm-hmm. So, um, Well, now his sister's the mayor. So, like, and works for Blockbuster. <laughs> I was just gonna... This is a typical Daredevil move, I feel. Like... Um, which which I always love the comparisons between Daredevil and Dick Grayson because 
they're both these heroes that just get the absolute piss knocked out of them in their personal and superhero life. And this is just another one. Like, yeah. not no, only no, 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 one second, just... one second, Connor, drink for that. That was a personal professional comment. Oh, damn it. Repackaged. Okay, you need to drink for that. Continue, uh, I, I will drink for that. Wait, why, why, why is he drinking? Because when we do TV news, uh, the uh, phrase personal and uh, professional <laughs> comes up so many times in descriptions for gotcha. TV shows that it became a gotcha. drinking rule. Oh, it's, shit. It's, it's, I didn't uh, even know. It's, it's like if I, if, if I see the words uh, bloodlust in a comic, <laughs> now, even yeah. now, I have an instinct to reach for a drink. <laughs> even when I'm not watching Arrow or anything like that, there's just a reflex. I hear bloodlust, I, I reach. To be fair, there's a lot of key <laughs> phrases that make Connor reach for a drink. Yes. Yeah, most um, of them come out your mouth, annoyingly. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, I just love that, that now this overcomplicates. Not just like there's a new mayor that has ties to Blockbuster, but now that Dick has a sister he never knew. And what what is that going to do? Yeah, and I mean, there's another element here that you mentioned is that uh, Melinda's mother here doesn't seem to know who her daughter is in terms of her criminal side yeah. of life. Uh, no, and, and she doesn't know that Dick is Nightwing. Yes, mm-hmm. but obviously Melinda does because his mask is off uh, course, at the start yeah. of this year. But it, we also have this idea that maybe Dick doesn't quite understand, because maybe we don't quite understand what her motives are. Like, I mean, she seems like she's being villainous, but I mean, this could all be for you know a means to an end. This could be, you know, for some other reason to take down the crime I... from the inside. Some, some, some. Yeah, the fact that the fact that her origin is so tied to her mom trying to get away from Zuko. It makes me definitely that is not Tony's daughter. You know what I mean? Not not just because it's, you know, John Grayson's biological daughter, mm. but she is doing this like it's a means to an end, right? Blockbuster, she got in with him, now she's mayor. Um, and she's actually, you know, she wants to do good. That's I feel like I don't feel like she's villainous. You you, you feel at, at her heart she is more Grayson than Zuko, despite the name. Yeah, and that the fact, like, she's still a politician, though, right? Like, she's still gonna <laughs> mess with Dick on those levels, but not, like, you know, I don't think, like, the mayor's office is gonna be interfering in superheroics. A politician messing with Dick? Can't imagine yeah. that. Uh, Usually, <laughs> yeah. A bit of a different, but hey. Um... I actually touched at the end because obviously when just as Dick's having this thought, it's like, hey, she doesn't really know about like what you're actually up to. I mean, she knows you become mayor and she seems quite proud of you, but she doesn't really know what you're up to. And just as that happens, there's a, a blinding light through the windows, a police helicopter, and the cliffhangers that Blockbuster is outside with the team. So it's entirely possible that Dick might hide at the start of next issue and let the scene play out and we'll maybe hear some juicy details. Or it's possible that Dick will have to fight Blockbuster and get the shit beat out of him, which could also be fun. Yeah, here's the thing is as far as we know, that like he he could just was he in his uniform? He was at first, but he switched into uh, something casual yeah. to meet the uh And Blockbuster doesn't pajamas, know Dick Grayson's Yeah. He doesn't know Dick Grayson's Nightwing, right? No, no, no. Yeah, so this could just be a social call with the mayor and He's gonna have to restrain himself from wanting to fight Blockbuster. Yeah, yeah, it'll be that, that right classic there. trope where like yeah. Blockbuster will do something kind, uh, like threatening, he, and Dick's gonna have to he, hold he, back. He has a lot of guns there for a social call. That's true. No, I'm talking not not for Blockbuster for Dick. That's how he. I you mean, know, he's gonna have to oh, escape. Why Dick is there? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, and it's just you know, oh, this is my whoever. 
you know. Yeah. Uh, if anything, Blockbus is going to assume it's a romantic thing, and maybe there'll be a joke with Dick sort of like making a face like, yeah, romantic, yeah, with my sister. Yeah. <laughs> or something, I don't know. <laughs> um, but... I'm not even going to do it. <laughs> I don't even know what I was thinking. It's making really bad. Uh, uh, it's I don't know what I was going to do either. Yeah. So I will say, on the art, I li- obviously the redondo art at the start and the end is fantastic. Uh, exceptional as it's been throughout the book. I think the first flashback artist is really good because it's just doing that classic style that's meant to mimic kind of the older comics. I think the second flashback artist, though, uh, is basically when it comes... Basically when Dick's around as a boy, that sort of section of the book. That's when we have the second flashback artist, and it does look a, a bit, uh, you know, weaker, let's say, than the, the first chunk. You know, when Dick's flying through the air, you know, being grabbed by his parents and stuff. Uh... It felt pretty consistent to me. Like, I can see where the change is, like I say, but I don't feel like it's that different. Uh, not, not not anything drastic. I mean, uh, it's it not terrible me. for the most part. I do think the full-page spread of like, the two dead parents and Dick crying his eyes out looks a bit rough. Uh, I don't know if it's just overshading or the overline work in the muscles just makes them all look a bit too bulky. I mean, they are acrobats. Yeah, but I mean, just even compared to the rest of the book, I, I don't... I, I'm not saying... I don't know, I'm, I'm just getting overly detailed from it, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, to, to me, I didn't get that at all. It felt pretty consistent. Maybe slightly overshadowed, just because it's got that spotlight effect uh, very intentionally. Yeah, well, I mean, I feel like it's very from... The transition to the very clean, right, where they're falling into the net, to a smash cut of there being no net. Yeah. And it's just complete, you know, he's completely destroyed. Um, I feel I feel like the harshness works. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I'm not fond of the page. Someone has to agree with me, though. It's, it's just a bit air, and we can move on. That's... <laughs> Alright, that's all. Um, otherwise, though, pretty great issue. Obviously, it's not one that moves the story forward much because it's it's by its nature it's a it's a, it's a backstory issue but uh, mm-hmm. the backstory stuff is pretty interesting and it did a good job even though we know the fate of the of the Graysons mm-hmm. like given us that small moment where John goes out of his way to protect this person mm-hmm. it's like oh great you're making me care in the context of even just this story so that I'll care a little bit when they're dead uh, yeah. thanks for that Taylor I mean, it's good, it's good. Objectively, it's good. But also, I'm being cynical and saying, thanks for that, Taylor, you dick. <laughs> Making me feel bad. That's what he does. Uh, jerk. He's shocking. I mean, I mean, the homeless guy with the heart from like, issue two. That yeah. was a thing. So, you know, yeah. he's, he's been very good at that. I say issue two. It was like 79. You know what I mean? <laughs> the second two of this. this run. Yes. Uh, so, all right, Matt, what are you giving Nightwing 82? I'm giving this an 8.5. Connor? I'm giving it a straight eight. While very good, I think uh, the nature of it being a flashback issue holds it back slightly. Uh, I have. I'll probably go with a straight eight as well. Although I'll say it's just a bit more because the uh, the, the second flashback artist uh, for me just maybe dragged down a little bit, but really good. Uh, as per usual, has a lot of that Nightwing flair mm. that Taylor's had. 
All right, Justice League 65, Brian Michael Bendis uh, with Steve Pugh on art. Uh, and I have to make a confession because I did not read this. Yeah, oh, Matt. Not. Oh, Matt. You've been shafted. I've been. It wasn't a planned thing. It was more just, oh, time's maybe starting to be a bit tight. I can either read Superman the Authority or Justice League. And I thought, you know what? I'll take the risk on the new <laughs> thing. I'll roll the dice on the new thing. Yeah. It was Sinmar, Matt. Uh, All I could think of was Sinmar. Yeah. How was it? It was a... Just take two minutes so I can go get a drink. It's okay. Apparently, Lois has a brother. Um, that's who so that was targeting Black Canary and Ollie. That's when. Um, yeah, exactly. Says that it's Lois Lane's brother. His name's he's his codename in Argus was Damon Rose, and um, he was trained by Sam Lane. Um, so yeah, that's a pretty big, and then, uh, they're talking it out, um, and he never actually says he's Sam Lane's, hold on, hold on, yes, Sam Lane trained me himself till the day he died at the hands of Leviathan, so this is all about bringing them down. I don't, actually, I don't believe it, because I feel like that's a pretty big reveal just to happen in the beginning of a Justice League book. Um, and then Deathstroke attacks, and um, Ollie gets quippy. Um, I guess I'll say more stuff, but I'm going to cover the, the Ollie and Dinah stuff first. Sure. Um, and they they go back, uh, and Deathstroke is basically like, hey, no more Argus, no more Cadmus. Cadmus you know, uh, that makes these tense standoffs are a bit more frustrating because no one knows what side you're on. And he says that he's here for Damon Rose. And then uh, Diana has a thought. And he's like, well, wait, Deathstroke, this would have been over. So you're not Deathstroke. So there's someone out there operating in, you know, Deathstroke's uniform. Um, and he goes, if it makes you feel better, I didn't see you until that split second I pulled the trigger. So, uh, and it goes off. Um, Damon Rose hits the fake... Uh, Fake Deathstroke. Ollie hits the, the his pistol with the arrow. And, you know, everyone ends up on the ground as the Hall of Justice is under attack, which is the Sidmar stuff to where basically Sidmar shows up and to fight Superman in the Justice League. And it's just not good. <laughs> like, I don't care about Sidmar. <laughs> I don't, and this sucks, and I sound like a broken I don't care about this version of the Justice League. I just, I don't. Like, Black Adam's cool. I love Naomi. Individually, they're fine. I don't know what the mission statement of this book is. So, to like... Be, I, I can tell you. It, like, it's genuinely. the book. It is. Yeah. I, don't mean yeah. that, I don't mean that to be a negative well, thing. Uh, not, not in the way of me coming from an anti-Bendis perspective. I mean, right. it's got Naomi, it's got Simma. We know it's dealing with checkmate stuff. This is the the central Bendis book to tie things together. We get the Wonder Twins at the Hall of Justice, and they do their Wonder Twin powers activate, and 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 Jaina takes the form of Gorilla Grodd, which weird. Does she get the telepathic? I don't think so. And and Zan takes a form of a bucket of ocean water, which then they throw on. Aquaman, and nothing comes from it. To power him up. It's not like <laughs> it's not. It's not like Aquaman's like I need to get to the ocean. My powers are depleted. 
they just throw Zan in the form of a bucket of ocean water Which, onto Aquaman. Me if I'm wrong. That, that hasn't been how Aquaman's worked for like 15 years now. No, yeah, because oh. he's half human and he can, you know, he doesn't need the the water. Yeah, I I kind I kind of love I do kind of like the, the 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 novelty of salt water being to Aquaman what the sun is to Superman. Where every so often, well, that's what he says. Super so, like, <laughs> so Hippolyta goes to you know she wants to battle Sinmar to the death, of course, because she's the queen of the Amazons. Uh, and and Hawk Girl's like hell yes, I love that you're here. And then Aquaman's like, I've seen enough. Hit me. And then Batman hits him with the Zan bucket. And and Kendra, the hot girl's kind of like, okay. I don't understand what the point of this was. <laughs> Sorry, coming from a, an outside perspective, listening to Matt's retelling, this book sounds stupid as shit. Are you right over here for the Lois Lane who's got a brother part? Yeah, Lois Lane's got a brother now. Oh, no, I did. I saw, I saw that. I saw that online. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, I knew. Is his name Larry? Larry Lane? Maybe. No? Uh, maybe. Maybe, uh... What was that? That, that, is, that, that is the sort of backstory insertion that Pete hates. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But here's the thing. I, I'm willing to bet that he says it's Lois, he says he's Lois Lane's brother in the way that he was Sam Lane's son, that he treated me like a son, mm. you know? And he, he's trained me forever. Oh. And now he's, I've he's got been it. a factor of Sam. I've got it. The perfect name. Lewis Lane. Lewis, Lewis Lane and Lewis Lane. Yeah. That, that's your brother's yeah. sister cop. Yes. And no Lucy. pair of living I confused between them. <laughs> no. So Superman announces to Sidmar, surrender, attacking me won't bring you peace. Sidmar doesn't listen. Uh, so he's just <laughs> of <course> ever loving <laughs> piss out of the I'm Justice shocked. League. Yeah. Which leads Naomi to take her parents down to the basement where they run into the Justice League Dark and Constantine, who looks like he's just been using the bathroom because he comes up and zips up his fly. Um, uh, then Naomi goes into action where she she distracted him. And it's just like they can't do anything to defeat this guy. And he blows up the Hall of Justice. And that's where it ends. So to, to be continued... Um. Yeah, it's it's not. I'm I'm losing patience. I I'm committed because I'm buying it for Justice League Dark. But if I wasn't <laughs> buying it for Justice League Dark, I would I'd drop it by now. I, I have switched to. I, I have made the the definitive choice to uh just wait for the issues to go on a DC Universe uh, Infinite, which is you know obviously six months behind. Uh, I'll, I will read my Justice League Dark six months behind. And now Ramby has confirmed on Twitter that the plans, at least right now, have been solicited, but the plans are to just collect Justice League Dark in its own trade, and I'll just yeah. buy that. Yeah. yeah. It'll take longer, because so, I assume they have to wait for twice as many issues to come out. Probably, but I will just buy that to show support. I'll, I'll still read it on Infinite. So... um. So I, I'm gonna give Justice League a, a grade. Uh, oh, Steve Pugh's art—it's it's good. It's nothing. I mean, it's know. Pugh. It's it's, it's not gonna yeah, be bad. Yeah. No, it's good. His Sinmar is a little bit wonky. He's very lanky and very horror movie creature esque versus alien esque. Um, but maybe that's the point of the story. I'm gonna give us a five point five. I'm not digging it. Uh, Justice League Dark though gets very Ramby. Uh, because this is the Eternal Night Part Two with Sumit Kumar back on art, 
Um, and that, uh, what was his name? Uh, something Singh. Um, Batman and Alara the Night, uh, Elnara, came across this dude that was plugged into all these computers. Come to find out that he um, is a very powerful psychic, and that cult that, that Batman is chasing is basically using him to get what they need because he they're using his telepathy and telekinesis to create, you know, to create alterations in reality that there aren't real, but they feel real. So they're using it as their whole thing. So um, Batman devises that Elnara, because that he reached out to her, that that he can, you know, through some Batman shenanigans, of course, because because Batman um, can go basically into this guy's mind. So Batman hooks her up. She takes her night form and goes into this uh, world where it looks like, you know, like an early version of the Tower of Fate. It's like this big tower. Think Connor or Connor's things are off. But the, it, the, it the tower want, from Game of Thrones. Yeah, it, it doesn't want spoilers, Matt. That's the yeah. thing. Uh, yeah, the, the, the Tower of Joy, Connor. Game of Thrones. You remember what that looked like? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's basically where this guy goes. That, that's all I needed you for. Okay, uh, cool. Yeah. No. yeah. So, Good, interesting uh, architectural design, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, she, she goes there uh, to find his true form because the true form is what's gonna be able to pull him out of this this fate. And it's it's him as a little boy. Um, and she greets him, and that you know, uh, Merlin. This is all Merlin's doing to remove him from the board. Um, that the brothers of Ambrosius, which is that cult that that Batman was following. They're basically a cult devoted to bringing Merlin back, so they might have more to do with the story than we thought. And that Ambrosius was uh, Merlin's original name, so they're tied to that. To, to that, that's where her story ends, and it cuts back to Atlantis, which I thought I thought Merlin had gone to an older Atlantis. This looks like modern day Atlantis, and he is attacking through like this dome with his big sea monster he pulled out of the library. Uh, Justice League Dark's there with Aquaman. Um, most of them have, like, uh, some some magic, you know, air bubbles around their head. Um, and it looks like it's a showdown with Merlin. Uh, and basically, everything I dislike about Justice League, the opposite of Justice League Dark, occurs. Like, we get the story progressing. I get why all these characters are here. Even the appearance of Batman, which would normally annoy me, makes sense because they were in Gotham, and of course he'd be tracking a cult going through there. Um, him being able to hook into the psychic, you know, whole network, a little bit too much. But uh, Kumar's art, I've, I've been a big fan of, of theirs since. I mean, I want to. Was Manbat the first time? No, he did the Outsiders <laughs> Future State. Ah, that's right. Which we uh, all very much enjoyed the art. Yeah. I I really like them on these Savage Shores, but Matt, you still need to read. It's on back order still. I'm this close to ordering it from Amazon. This this close, guys. So I want to give my shop money, but if they can't get it, like I've got like I I have like access to like three local shops. I got one that's like a true independent, and two that are varying degrees of chains. Yeah. Both. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, relatively yeah. small, but in the UK comics industry, mm -hmm. big-ish. Um, one of those chains, the better of the two, admittedly, has a 
cool. traveling man for anyone interested. It's it's just like a northern only chain. Uh, it's decent. Um, they have a, a exclusive cover for Ooh. these savage shows, and I'm so close to reordering it. Like, I already have it. So much. I'm so close to ordering it. They said you know that that big in the grand scheme of things, and I just in my head pictured a, a storefront that said Amazon Comics. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's called Comicsology. <laughs> so uh, yeah, this is a very Ram B issue, just with the whole psychic network and tying that into Merlin, and he's just like. It's just kind of what I was enjoying him doing on Justice League Dark before it went to the backup. You know, he's telling these big stories and, you know, he'd fold Swamp Thing into this too about ideas and the whole birth of and genesis of magic and still paying off uh, what what Tynan had set up with, with so the Upside Down Man. Because that, that threads to play. Here, the conclusion of, of this, this issue is Ramvi is a better storyteller than Bendis. Right now. In this book, yes. Uh, so I'm going to give uh, Justice League Dark an, an 8. So so overall, I guess, the whole book, I'm bad at math, uh, 6.5, I guess? I don't know. 8.5, 5.5, 14, that's 7. Let's go over that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you want, I can, we can just keep... Hopefully it... the comics stay for the math. We can keep putting just like on the on the the list, and when we get to it. We'll just we'll just talk about dynamite instead, Matt. I'll just be. That's I. Oh, I will equally just take my headphones off. That's actually exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I would clubs, not know the I don't. Yeah, I I don't want to give up on Bendis, and I you know, and I pay for the book, so I might as well read what I pay for. I made it real hard. I made it really really hard. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't feel regret. For my choice. You should. And I think that you should. That's it. To be fair, it what is the, the first thing I read this week. So, and I, yeah, I got it out the way. So. The odds? Uh, yeah, in like two weeks' time when there's another issue. Because I think it's double shipping now, right? It's double shipping oh. for a few months. I think it goes back to single in like September, October, but. Right. So, when, what, you know, when there's another issue in two, at most three weeks, are you going to read two issues of it? Two issues of Sid and Mar. Hmm. Hmm. That's, uh... <laughs> that's, uh... What, if it happens to be a super quiet week, then maybe I'll succumb to the temptation. But, uh... I suspect it won't be that quiet. <laughs> Probably uh, not. So, there you go. That's uh, Justice League 65. The Flash! 772. Jeremy Adams with Will Conrad on the art. So... Still just me reading this, Matt? Did you, uh... Yep, no, I have... I, it has been so hard to read through my comics the last couple weeks. Um, I'm barely being able to keep afloat right well, now. Here's a bullet point for the for the annual, which was the end of the arc, Matt, last week. Yeah. Uh, is that they retconned the shit out of Heroes in Crisis. Uh, uh, we, of course they did. We never have to hear about the trauma of what he did ever again, because it wasn't his fault. So... Thank you, Good. writer um, that Pete will mention. Jeremy Adams, yes, that's the one. There, Jeremy uh, Adams. Good job, dude. So, so now we're starting a new arc, and it's like, okay, Wally West is a Flash. He's got his Flash outfit on, and he's got he's married with Linda. He's got the kids. This is what we are. We start the issue with like the, the home life, with Wally basically saying, shit, I need to get a job. And Linda's like, hey, can't you ask maybe some of those 
billionaires that also do superhero hey, stuff. Ollie, <laughs> maybe give you a loan or something. Uh, is it? Nah, 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 nah. I don't want a handout, sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, it's it's all just family stuff. It's the West family household. The kids are chasing each other, and he's like, "No, I'm going to go and get a job, and I'm going to do it old school. I'm not going to apply it online. I'm going to go and knock on doors and see what's available." Uh, although we do cut to. Uh, Heatwave, Rory's at the hospital and he's basically being told that his cancer is terminal. He has cancer. Oh no. And the doctor says, like, there's not really much I think we can do at this point, but with your time left, you know, find something that gives you peace, something that you love. And as as we hear this this conversation, we see him, like, opening the car and, like, his, like, Heatwave outfits there. It's like, oh dear. <laughs> he's about to go on the, the biggest, well, Heatwave of his life <laughs> because he's got nothing left to live for so yeah while he's running around he's pissed at his old uh garage or sorry garage is now a coffee shop he's like how many coffee shops does one city need like he's he's uh there's never enough yes i almost feel like that's actually kind of a meta joke and the last time he was the flash in a regular ongoing book uh was like mm-hmm. long enough ago that maybe there could be a bit of a commentary there of like how much more coffee shops have dominated the city. The only, the only good thing I will say, at least in in my experience here, the growth of the chains seems to have stopped being quite so dramatically. Yeah. There is, but the, but there are a lot of smaller independent like cafes third, and yeah, third open. wave coffee shops are on the rise, um, especially ones that have their own roastery, just because they don't, you know. Yeah, but like over here, like there's been less new Starbucks and Costas. I could care. I couldn't care less about this tangent. You know what? This is a horrible tangent. Since last year, Connor went from someone that was like, "Coffee is disgusting," to regularly has a cup. I I drink espresso pods on a daily basis. Yeah, he's what you're describing, Matt. Welcome to the cult. What you're describing, Matt, is someone who was sober. I mean, not sober from everything because he's Connor. Let's let's not uh, take the piss. But you're describing someone who is sober and is now on heroin. That's what you're describing. Uh, well, no. What, what what happened was I had an energy healthy, problem, and I still needed a caffeine fix, so I exchanged it for a coffee problem, which is cheaper. It's cheaper. You don't really it solve is. the problem, and, and, but and a coffee, as long as you're not adding too much, you know, milk and sugar, is ninety percent water. I don't add any milk, um, and occasionally add <laughs> hazelnut syrup. Hook, hook it straight to your veins, my guy. Yeah, pretty much. Veil. Alright, so Wally is uh, gets a montage of various job interviews, and it's just kind of pointing out all the fun things that don't really make sense about him. Like, you know, there's kind of a gap in his resume, for example, <laughs> because he was kind of gone. Um, and he doesn't have uh, any experience with computers and things like that. But he goes to the mechanics, and he actually somehow gets a job. Uh, deals with a really horrible old woman who's mad that he's taking so long to fix the car. He's saying, hey, it takes time, you know, you want the car to be tip-top, and she gets really mad, and she yells at him that she's going to uh, give him a bad review on her blog. Uh, and he's like... Ugh, that lady. I know, I know. How dare she? She's exactly what you Bloody think Bloody influences. Is. But uh, then Mr. Terrific, not in costume, uh, shows up in his fancy car and tells Wally that he actually owns... It. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I think they've intentionally not made it obvious, to be honest. Yeah, maybe little, someone like you. There's a little squiggle where the, the logo should be. Anyway. Uh 
so it basically says i own this place so he's like oh that's great thanks for the job he's like well no nah, i'm going to fire you he's like wait what he's like look there's better things you could be doing with your expertise like this is not a valuable use of your time uh there is an interlude of a spear flying through space with like you know destiny. I mean, maybe it's a spear of destiny yeah it doesn't really say much but it just says a blade continues to course through the multiverse well multiverse specifically but i guess that's a, a key point beyond just flying through space but that, that's that's it says it's the fate of many worlds rests on whoever is unworldly enough to wield it. Unworldly enough is an interesting play in that phrase, I may I add, which maybe suggests a villain's going to end up picking up. But mm-hmm. so basically, Mister Terrific wants to give Wally a job at one of his fancy lab places, um, saying that he's an engineer and he's good with with tech and mechanical stuff, and he should be there. Uh, and because he's working for Mister Terrific, he doesn't have to worry about you know, rushing off when there's a crime or something. Like, it's understood that he's the Flash. He can go mm-hmm. do that. Not that, he, not that his uh, co-workers don't know that, but uh, he also offers an obscene amount of money. Uh, and then there's, a, there's reports of a fire, so Wally rushes off. Uh, and they are here, I have to say, uh, at times. I think Wally in the costume in particular looks quite good. Uh, because it's got rid of all those extra yellow lines that's on Barry's outfit that yeah. he's had since uh, New 52... This looks like mm-hmm. a clean, classic Flash outfit. Uh, the reds really pop. The the shadows really add a lot of depth to it. Uh, I, I really... I mean, I thought in the art in the book's generally pretty good anyway, but I, I thought it especially looked good when he was in that costume. The It just hmm. works really well. But sure enough, yeah, he gets to... Uh, it's a hospital that's on fire. Possibly the hospital that one Mr. Heatwave was uh, uh, previously visiting. Uh, and there's fire trucks and all the rest of it, and Wally goes in... Uh, saves people, brings them out. But he's like, someone else is still in there. So he goes goes in, classic superhero shit, and then the cliffhanger is Heatwave knocks him down and says, oh, oh Matt, you're oh, going. Uh, and he's like, hey, it's time for a chat with your old pal Heatwave. Uh, or we had, oh, I wish we had time to chat, sorry. Uh, but your pal Heatwave has things to do. So it's just typical cliffhanger. It's a, it's a, it very much feels almost like the first issue of a run. It's almost like the first arc was very much about cleaning up the continuity and current state of Wally West, and here's mm-hmm. where the book's supposed to really kind of start. And it's not doing anything super impressive or magical, it's just giving you a likable Wally West who feels down in his luck. He's got, you know, because Wally always had a bit of that Peter Parker thing going for him. Yeah. Uh, it's got that with the wife and the kids, it's using a classic villain, and it's teasing a few things. Uh, it gives him this new status quo, and yeah. Honestly, if you just want a nice Wally West book that feels like a Wally West flash book, there's really not a lot to like super complain about. Okay. It's 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 still it's not reinventing the wheel. I'm not coming out of this like I am Nightwing from Taylor going, Oh my god, it's like it's like doing all these wonderful little touches that are super impactful and making me like but like I was looking kinda of forward to see what this issue was going to be because that arc ended and because it did some nice things with Heroes in Crisis for you know, Roy got a proper goodbye and kind of accepted that his death was coming and, you know, all, all those things that, that that added to it. Um, And this was just like, no, we're, we're doing a Wally West solo flashbook. He is the Flash. He's going to deal with criminals in the city while he's trying to keep his personal life afloat. And, yeah, Mr. Terrific seems like he's going to be a supporting character, which is kind of cool. And, yeah. I, I You know, it is... It is 
the solidest of solid 7 out of 10s that I can really ask for. Um, not great enough where I'm like, hey, everyone has to stop what they're doing and read this. It's just the, right. it's the thing you I'm need good, to read. Because we weren't going to. Uh, I think Matt should be tempted at some point. Matt has enough. I'm, I might if I have time to catch up. Yeah, I but mean... he's, he's only dropped Justice League though soon enough, so he'll be wanting to read The Flash. Maybe. Uh, real, real quick, Pete, as as you were talking, I was checking Twitter, uh-huh. and the, the band Living Color uh, <laughs> posted Cult of Personality on the At Stern Show, and one of my mutuals goes, for no particular reason, can you verify if the song has been licensed out recently? Uh, no, no response, but I find that very funny. Mm. I, yeah. On that subject, CM Punk did tweet that, uh, the serious song. Uh, but no, yeah. but no comment. Just tweeted that the, on its own. Which, if you know, was the Chicago Bulls warm-up song when Jordan was there, mm-hmm. played in the arena. All outs going to happen. And, uh, it's a troll job. I feel it. So he also Anyways. he also just went back on uh, pro wrestling tees with a lot of merch, which at the very oh, least man. is him capitalizing on the fact that people are talking about him again. But, he have he have new. But they do have ties to AEW, so I mean, this is not. Yes, they do. Those, those embers in the fire. Actually, on a similar vein for Brian, yeah. he was pulled from the next wrestling video game, uh, WWE 2K 2022. Oh my lord! Which is probably the biggest sign thus far. Yeah. Oh my god, American Dragon. <laughs> I've only heard legends of the American Dragon. Uh- <laughs> Yeah, apparently there used to be a chant uh, where they would uh-huh. yell, "He's going to kick your effing head in," and yeah. I'm just, I'm just imagining like him in a ring, standing across from I don't know, MGF perhaps, and just having the, the... anybody <laughs> except for Hangman. I, Very, I, much. Anybody, Very much. Anybody, because I don't want to see Hangman get his head kicked in. Sure. But anybody else, including Punk, because I feel like their meetups in WWE were. Not they were neither at their peak levels. No. So, hooey. Anyways, Flash, uh, good, to, good, to, good to hear. Once once I can get caught up and even try to, to go back and enjoy uh, uh, Star Girl, which I had started Stars and Stripes. Oh yeah. Um, or Star and Stripe. Uh, yeah. So yeah, fun fun. Ah, solid fun time. Uh, actually, this is it's, it's you know because there's a lot of great stuff that's out from DC right now, and this uh, this is not in the great category. But this is in the very solid. If you like, if you want a Wally West Flash book, it's mm-hmm. a nice, fulfilling portion of that, and that's, you know, a happy statement to make in twenty twenty one after all this time. So, there you go. Catwoman issue thirty three Ram V writing with uh, I've written down Evan Cage on art. No, it's Blanco back. Yep, Fernando Blanco. Do you know what I think this is? I think this is from a previous book where I copied and pasted and just forgot to change the yeah. artist. I think that's what happened there. I think Cagle was, was the fiddling artist. I don't know if that was last issue or maybe on the annual. It may have been last issue because it was copied from the previous month. So, uh, yeah, that's probably what's happened there. Uh, I, d- d- do forgive me. Uh, so, at the end of the annual, did you read the annual, Matt? Yes, I did. Yeah. Or was it Carl that wasn't here? I, I feel like someone it was wasn't, me that was, wasn't here. I, I missed so I the like, last issue of Catwoman and the annual because they were two weeks apart. Did you read yeah. the annual because it was relevant? I, I yeah. did. Yeah. I mean, I saw it was Ram B, so I read it. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. He's a simple man. Yes. Well, <laughs> I see Ramvi's name. I read comic. I see Ramvi. I read Ramvi. It's on art. Oh, can't wait for Ramvi's Red Hood book to come out then. I'll read it. <laughs> you know what? You say that, but how about the point with Jason? Like Ramvi, Jason, hook it to my veins. All right. You can literally give me any concept right now, and I'll go whatever my opinion is, and then you tell me Ramvi is writing it. And I will buy yeah. it. Well, Ram V's cold snap's coming, right? I'm just putting that out there. Uh, so, we had the explosion of the, the church, obviously, uh, which the, the police and the authorities are scrambling to deal with. At the start of the issue, the tensions are high, the uh, the magistrate forces are in. I try, try to deal really with... like how it handles the newscaster. Because mm-hmm. uh, that's a very common trope in comics, mm-hmm. to have just the, the TV news and just you know have the snippets in panel. Whereas this shows the various, um, uh, you know, hosts, you know, newscasters reading things, but all of it's presented in like uh, text, just on a white background along the side. It's not on panel in like in little word balloons or anything. It has a lot more impact, I feel like, than it usually does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so tensions are running high uh, in Alley Town. Selena's, you know, diving across the rooftops. Uh, helicopters are looking for her, so there's lots of searchlights. It's, it's got a, it's got a mood. Like right away, it feels like things are going mm-hmm. down. Uh, yep. And of course, Leo is still in the hospital, and that's kind of something that she discovered at the start of the annual. Uh, and she finds out that a lot of the kids, along with <laughs> Riddler, <laughs> have set up a new base of operations, uh, which is hacked into the electrical grid and the internet and various other systems, so they can actually keep operational, even if the even if the power's cut to the the area. They'll still have access because they've sort of backdoored their way in. Yeah, and it's at that uh, abandoned train station we've seen a couple of times. Yes, and then well, Future State, it was huge. Yeah, and we yeah. meet, we meet, uh, of course, this mysterious stranger in the shirt and tie and the, the trench coat who was helping her before, and we were like, "Who is this?" And we very quickly get an answer here. Uh, and I liked how they revealed this, where we see the face kind of bubble up and then it kind of reforms, and then she's like Clayface. And yeah. what gets me about this is that obviously Clayface is like oh, a big part of that Detective Comics run from Tiny, which was fantastic, and we mm-hmm. loved him in that book, and we had this kind of redemption kind of aspect. And this idea that he's been searching for other villains who deserve a second chance because he got one from Batman is actually kind of a really nice direction to take his character mm-hmm. in, I think. Uh, right. And the fact he doesn't want to be called Clayface. Yeah. He doesn't want to, it's Basil. Basil Carlo. So, I... Yeah, it's so good because we we knew we hadn't seen the last of Clayface, and well, it's just it's nice. Yeah, it's been yeah. a while, but it's nice to see him pop up in this way. It's even the way he because he even says to Selena, like you know, which, how many second chances have you had because of who who you are to him, right? You know, referring to Batman. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, we're going to try and give some other people some second chances. So he opens the door and he's got his little team assembled, which is Croc, Knockout, who I'm not as familiar with. Uh, Firefly and Cheshire. So we have this. So you I'm know. pretty sure Knockout is one of the theories that's defected from Darkseid. Okay. She was she I, was really big in Simone's Secret Six. Um, I feel like we saw her Pete when we read. Um, oh God, the terrible Superman story we did on previously, the Emperor Joker. There you go. I feel like oh, she was God, in that, I, I have... that knockoff team. I've jettisoned my yeah, yeah, memory no. of that. It's just enough of the design that makes me think she was on that knockoff, not the Justice League evil team. Oh, yeah. So, but yeah, she had a whole thing with Scandal Savage, and it was a whole, whole thing through that run. 
and it's really interesting to have Cheshire around with shoes yeah. running around as well. I, I, I just, yeah. I love, I love that Matt just threw out the name Scandal Savage without even pausing or skipping. None of us even blinked because it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> so, Vandal Savage's yeah. daughter. I, I know, but I, I'm just, it's, it's such a comic booky, stupid name. That no, it is. Vandal's also, daughter is called Scandal. Well, that is I, what I, happens when a man lives millennia and gets runs out of names. Yeah. You only have so many Billies and, and <laughs> Jennies in you uh, when you're a caveman. So, Here's my thing, though. Isn't, is, isn't Firefly a serial arsonist? Yeah. Yeah, second chances and whatnot, bro. Like, come on. You set fires for fun. I mean, maybe. Uh, I mean, Cheshire kills people for fun. I was getting there. She's a poisoner. I mean, maybe. Like, maybe we'll get some context for these four characters and why yeah. they're why why they've been picked by Clayface to be, you know, given a second chance. And okay. it's the sort of thing where maybe not all four of them will work out in the long run, but it's kind of yeah. interesting them all kind Croc, of trying. Croc though, Croc is do a, a you know. I feel like he's almost like Sabretooth in that way, where every couple of years they'll put Sabretooth on the X Men team, mm. and. I feel like Croc needs his moment. Like throw throw him on the Justice League dart. We do get know? every so often with Croc the idea that oh he's he's not a monster inside. No. It's just you know yeah. society saw what he, he looked like and turned him into a monster. Yeah, you know, just yeah. So I feel like so, this is not new ground for Croc. No, so I liked seeing him there, and it, and it makes sense in the grand scheme of things. Although I'm starting to feel like Batman's running out of rogues outside outside of Penguin and and Joker. I feel like everybody's getting a redemption story at some point, you know? Like, mm. no, they're not that bad. Look at Riddler here, you know? Yeah. Like, sure, so... he's not on the full side of the angels, but... I mean, to be fair, this is almost back to where Riddler was before New 52. Yeah, true. Mm. Where he was doing the, the, the Enigma detectives. So yeah. It's almost like some of the writers and creatives uh, liked that direction for Riddler and were yeah. upset that it was taken away. Yeah. Uh, so then we cut to the police station and Hadley's kind of been told to stay at the precinct because he's, they've, they've basically found out that he's got a bit more of a connection to Catwoman and they're not happy that he was helping her out and, you know, trading intel. But when they get a, a photo of Valet coming from the explosion, uh, mm-hmm. like, basically, he's looked into things and makes the connection that he's a hitman and that Penguin met with him and he's like, wait a minute... He's been hired to kill Catwoman. Someone's got to warn her. So he kind of breaks, you know, he goes against the orders and he leaves the station. Um, and what's really funny about this is so Catwoman then is going with uh, Clayface and Croc to the, the mob boss lady that's been in the, the run yeah. before, right? Uh, to basically say, right, we need to try and find a way to evacuate people out of Alleytown. You've got a route that you put your product through. Let's make a deal and use that. And I have to say, this uh, transition here, this reveal when you turn the page, is one of the best comic, like, oh shit reveal moments for me I think I've had in a long time. Mm-hmm. Just that explosion. I didn't see it coming, you because know, they're walking away and she's sort of looking at them from her little balcony, and the very next page is just Jeez. them flying forward and everything's orange and yellow and red and black. She's, she, she's done for oh she's dead yeah that that, that yeah. boss lady's dead yeah the other two you're like oh croc has you know that skid and clayface is clayface if, if it wasn't those two i'd be saying they're dead as well yeah, yeah. she's donezo like i that's a shock like in like, a I, movie the, the only way she's not is if there's something we don't know about her which, oh sure right yeah. is not maybe impossible. 
This is comics. What, what I, I dug about this, though, is just that I didn't see it coming at all. I just turned the no. page and got had a legit shock moment of like, oh, crap. Yeah. Because part it's, of me... Everything's so normal. The colours are so for, standard. For a split second, I even thought, oh, I just, oh, it's a different scene. Where are we now with this explosion? Then I realised, no, wait. That's like Catwoman just flying from where she was. <laughs> and yeah. that's that's crocking thingy and, there. And, and then you turn the page and Valley's there quoting scripture, as he does walking through the burning wreckage and it's all really scratchy and for the best part though oh. is that you start hearing it before we see him like on the, on the page before but the reveal you hear him start the scripture and then he walks out of the flames you, you don't need to recognize scripture or anything like that because most of yeah. us don't Bro, uh, i, I pretty recognize more than you two admittedly but... it's, got, it's, it's got a sound to I it though yeah yeah i didn't realize that uh um samuel L. jackson's monologue from Pulp Fiction isn't actually in the Bible, right? Yeah. But it's written in such a way that when you hear it, you're just like, yeah, okay. Uh, you know, it's it's so. uh, it's it's it. Scripture follows the symbols a lot of poetry. It's it's all about cadence and and rhythm. Right. Um, and oh, yeah. that's down to. I mean, obviously, this varies depending on which translation, but. Mm -hmm. Generally, the translators followed the rules of the time and common right. things and employed tricks like that to so, make it sound important. Let's talk about what this does then, because this transition and the reveal of this explosion and then Valley walking out the fire, because this has done so well and because it is such a genuine surprise in the moment, it sells Valley as a A-tier villain, because <laughs> this surprise was for Catwoman. This, they might, Ram V managed to surprise us in the same way that he's surprising Catwoman. So this mm -hmm. feels like finally he's making his move. It feels epic. It feels like the culmination yeah, of all this teasing that we've had for issues and issues. He's done playing with his prey. Yeah. Um, and the Louis isn't, I mean, they have a fight and she gets stabbed like twice and it's really brutal. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And it, you know, it feels like she doesn't stand a chance. It's, it's, it's very Bane and Batman in Dark Knight Rises, right? Where Mm -hmm. Right away, you're like, he doesn't stand a chance. Like, Bane's about to beat the shit out of him. Uh, and, and Catwoman's good. Don't get me wrong. She's never been a top-tier fighter, like, ever. No. She's crafty, though. She'll, she'll you know, hit you in, in the balls for yeah, a shot. A lot of yeah. underhanded strike stuff. But... Exactly. And, you know, but she ain't this guy who was trained by the Order of St. Dumas. Yeah. Yeah, He's he is a top-tier killer. Yeah. It, it, what's funny is he is you. You brought up Bane and Dark Knight Rises, but it's very much Nightfall, too, which brought us Azrael, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's very mm, Bane there that she's worn down. She's worried about her friend. She's completely taken off by this explosion. Now she's got uh, stabbed and slashed. And hell, even her like, even her narration when they're on the way for this meeting is about her kind of like you know I'm doing all these things that I never would have done before. You know maybe the Catwoman's right. truly gone. You know. Uh, I think the boss lady even says, you know, careful, it looks like you're almost playing the hero here by all the selfless mm -hmm. and, like, concern that you've got for people. Um, yeah. So it's interesting. And, and she is dead here if if Clayface and Croc don't step yeah. up. Yeah, Clayface obviously dives at Valley, right? He's about, he's about to decapitate her, but it looks a bit. <laughs> and Clayface <laughs> swoops in, uh, and Catwoman, like, crawls to the edge, because they're at, they're at, like, the docks, right? This is all the cargo mm -hmm. place of the docks. And Catwoman falls in the water, and Valet walks off, and who 
plants a grenade in Clayface. So, so obviously Clayface isn't dead. He can reform, but right. it, it takes him down. Slows him down. Yeah, yeah, it takes him down for a few minutes at least. But T one thousand. But as, as he walks over to the edge of the, the the pier, he's like, "Oh, how many lives do you have left? I wonder." You know, kind of like, you know, you you only survived here because you know this was lucky. Like he's he's kind of looking at this like not like. Because every other time he's not actually tried to kill her. This is the first time he's actually tried, mm-hmm. and so he's kind of counting this as like, oh, she somehow escaped. Like that was he wasn't expecting yeah. that necessarily, um, but you know, and she kind of rounds out her narration. Although now it's not in the narration boxes. Now it's kind of in the water. The text is just in there, it's, it's, and it gives it the impression that it's kind of drifting away from her, almost like she is about to pass out and possibly die because she's in the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the last page, the reveal is, is that there's someone there for her, someone to help that cares about her, and of course it's the full page spread that reveals that Batman is in the water and about to reach for her. And I did like the the, the caption at the end here saying, next I return to rooftops, which is a nice little, That's good. Nice little callback. Shocker. Ram V's good. I, like, well, I, I, I think <laughs> what's so good about this though is that they've, they've, they've held back, because, I mean, it's comics, Batman could be shown up every mm-hmm. issue if Ram V wanted them to. But right. they've held back. They've held back well, and they've said, we're going to make it feel special when Batman steps in. Are we sure it's Batman, though? Are we sure she's just not hallucinating? No. No, we're not sure. Not sure, you know? but... There's, there's definitely a stronger implication by saying a return to rooftops. Yeah. But you, you could tell me it's not Batman, but this near-death experience mm-hmm. prompts well, it's, to return to it's see It's what him. she's saying, that she tried so hard to be different. Right. And it's almost because of Batman's influence. And then so it's it's, to me, how I read this was this is Batman pulling her out of being Catwoman and into Selena Kyle. And whether he's there or not, that old Selena's dead. Right. She drowned in the river. Yeah, that metaphor works either way. But I, you know, I I mean, I mean, I think there's a possibility he's not really there, but I think he is. He could be. I I think it just, it it works. And besides, like, this is all going on in Gotham. There's explosions happening left and right. An explosion just happened at this location. You think Batman's just I, ignoring this? <laughs> I love, yeah, I love that he has this idea of Alley Town. He's like, well, I won't go there unless it's an emergency. Oh, a church blew up. Oh, the docks blew up. All right, best I gotta get there. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, I also suspect Batman is there. But sure. if they tell me he's not, I'm not gonna be mad about it. No. Yeah, um, it would even surprise me if Clayface has got like a bat be- beeper on him or something. Like mm-hmm. still, I mean, he was in. on the team for years. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, which is why I say him specifically, and not yeah, you know, not Croc. <laughs> what if it wasn't Croc? It was Matches Malone dressed as Croc. Or how Wolf is even just like Riddler, who's like you know, anonymously know. sort of sent a message to Batman. I don't yeah. know. Uh, She's it, in over her head. How, how is Ramvi this good? Ramvi's very very good, and they did mention shoes by the way, because they mentioned shoes was off like yeah. fiddling with satellites or something like that. Uh, right. Briefly, but they did make a point of reminding us that, sh- that shoes is around just after mm-hmm. they introduced think, Cheshire. I think they told us that before. before we saw Cheshire. It was just, just before. A yeah. Pages yeah. Before. yeah. Uh, and that's very intentional. They, want, they wanted you to have shoes in your mind a little bit. But like, just right. again to be like, but she's not there yet. You know, yeah. this 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 meeting is going to happen, but not right this second. Not this issue. Yeah. Like, I just I love that. We're getting comics written by people that were reading comics the same time I was, mm-hmm. you know, like the stuff with Cheshire and Leanne and Roy and all of this stuff. And it's working its way into continuity now. So it's just, it's really cool. Yeah. That's neat. 
Uh, of course, Carr doesn't know about uh, who Shoes is, though, because he didn't read that anthology yet, so... Uh, I, should... I honestly did not. <laughs> I, 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 I did not go back to that anthology at any point. Um, I was like, eh, I've got the important information. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to go and buy a whole $10 anthology for a, what, let's be honest, about a six or eight page story by Rambi at best, I'm yeah. assuming. Art, art was fantastic, though, in this. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the explosion stuff, of course, was wonderful. The entire fight that plays out afterwards is great. There's mood at the start because of the riot, because of the spotlights, this Catwoman's jumping through it. Like, and the, the serialized story and the way it made me kind of gasp when I realized what that explosion page turn was, was a legitimately great, like, oh shit moment. This book is, uh, or this run specifically, is hands down Blanco's career best work so far. That mm-hmm. I've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've seen Blanco for years at this point uh, of working at DC pretty regularly mm-hmm. and for a long time he was a solid workhorse artist that was like okay sure you know it'll, it'll be cool but it was never a standout uh but now these issues are regularly in contention for you know best art of the week no mm-hmm. matter what they're up against almost uh, e- even on stacked weeks like like this one might be uh it, this is going to be in contention yeah uh all right matt what are you rating catwoman I mean, this one a nine. Connor? Yeah, same, nine. I will also concur with the nine. So, highest recommendations. The, the mm-hmm. way it sort of, like, you know, plays with the idea that Catwoman's in over her head because she's not herself anymore, uh, combined with the fantastic art, you know, art and the storytelling, mm-hmm. the, the, the pacing and the reveals, and even the way that builds, but having Hadley, like, a scene before, go, shit, I need to go Warner, but he's too late. It yeah. happens. It happens before you can get to her. Uh, I just... This is the most I've ever cared about Catwoman as a character. And I credit all that with that to Ram V. And I wasn't going to read this. I mean, I had to catch up. You guys were reading it. So, just how much that it, it's turned. I'd, I'd like to think that is the benefit of mm-hmm. this podcast, in general. Mm-hmm. Where, not everyone's reading every book, but, you know, and I get why people might not have been reading a Catwoman book, but maybe mm-hmm. after... It's going to be coming up on a year now of us mm-hmm. praising the ever-living shit of this book every damn issue. Maybe well, he took over at 25, right? 26, I believe, technically. Well, yeah, he, he, had, he did he part of 25. 25. That's yeah, right. right. He had part of 25. So, so, so yeah, 25 so, onwards is realistically uh, what you're yeah. reading. So coming up on a year then. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. All right. Uh... Well, it was going to be blue and gold issue one, but uh, I don't know if we got time for that. Maybe we should move on. Here, here, we'll do a quick one. Me and Connor kind of already pre-game this I'm, I'm, beforehand. Yeah, I'm kidding, right? Yeah, blue, no, pun. No, I need to do a proper introduction of that, right, for the cut version. Blue and gold issue one. Dan Jurgens and Ryan Sook uh, on the art. Um, this is basically the the the, the pair getting back together. Uh, Booster mm-hmm. Gold is trying to rescue the Justice League who are trapped on an alien ship, and it is the current continuity of Justice League. Mm-hmm. And basically, gets in over his head, and Skeets goes to get uh, gets Ted Card to come and help, uh, which gets them both out of the fight with together. Uh, honestly, the big thing here is the banter, the dialogue, and the constant commentary from the people who <laughs> Booster is streaming to on Instagram. Yeah, who one of which may or may not be Guy Gardner. <laughs> he uh, says Guy Gardner's the best. Yes, I'll be honest. I, I read that that uh, 
that PG. that message and thought, hmm, that is the worst person. Uh, and you look I've... at the screen name and it says yeah. GG, and you're like, yeah. mm, hang on a second. Yes, yeah. I, I don't trust this at all. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, no, uh, Booster in the age of social media? Come on. What's up to love? This, um, this is exactly what this book should be, which means yeah. there's not really a lot to say about it. It's no. if you enjoy blue and gold, you know, these two together, if you enjoy, especially like Jurgens' take on that, if you're a fan of. I, I can't believe it's not the Justice League era. Mm-hmm. You will very much enjoy this book, uh, without um, a doubt. Uh, the, and the fact that at the end, right, it's Ted who overloads the alien ship with a bunch of information to to basically free the Justice League so they can then free themselves themselves and get off the ship. Uh, and the fact that the Justice League offer him a, a role, but Booster think it's it's for both of them, and they don't want Booster because it's Booster. And, well, you know, uh, you're mistelling us a little bit. Just I think you need to clarify no. that Booster's not in this scene. Booster no. is is talking all issue that they're going to yeah. beg both of them to be on the Justice League. Yeah. And Booster is basically like one of the Justice League intentionally distract him by taking him away so they can offer Blue Beetle yeah. a role in the Justice League. But he's like, oh, we're we're going to get uh, join the Justice League. He's like, no, no, not not Booster. He's he's an ass hat. Just yeah. you. And he's like, well, no. Booster Gold, no Blue Beetle. And the, this... the single best art sequence in this book, and one of the best all week, is mm-hmm. the, the moment where Ted's like, well, you know, just me, but Booster's the one who, and then it has all just the headshots of everyone, like, yeah. cutting, you're like, no way. You know, and irritating, obnoxious. And Batman's just there, just glaring silently. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it ends on Ted's going, Yeah. So, yeah. I love that for their friendship, because we haven't had these two together in forever. Like, Infinite Crisis, well, Countdown to Infinite Crisis, right? Yeah. We've had a little bit Some here and there, sprinklings of Maybe tiny limey. Yeah. yeah, but so to have these two back together and then it, to have this emotional friendship beat, I really like that. And, uh, and Bister never finds out, you know, Blue Beetle no. you know, doesn't tell him that he says, no, I didn't want us... Uh, you know, we're not we're not in their league or, or whatever. Because th- some of the funny commentary throughout is like they keep talking about how it's you know, yeah, we were on the Justice League, but it was when it was all B and C listers. Like you know, we're not really. And they, but then when they see the Justice League, they're like, hey, I don't even recognize some of these members. Maybe we yeah. can be on this team. This is this <laughs> yeah. is a real mix of characters. Yeah, yeah, it's very true, isn't it? Uh, mm-hmm. um, it is. And so, uh, Sook's art is is really good. I love his Blue Beetle costume. It looks. Mm. It's so... nice to see this version clean um and then there's the slightly heavy inks uh on top yeah. of it that just give it a, a depth and and kind of a sense of weight to it yeah yeah and even even just the end with booster and uh and ted walking through the crowd uh and fading into the crowd as the as the sort of the, the magic hour sun is kind of like yep. covering them in light and they're just kind of talking about how they're going to start their own little team and they're arguing over the name, you know, like it's like a extermination service, or you know, something like that. You're the, you're the sidekick. No, we've yeah. been over this. Yeah. No, I, 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 I can't deny that I had fun with the dialogue in this and the way it bounced back and forth. Um, it was a very fun read. It was a little bit of a longer read because it was a bit yeah. in the wordy side, but it was the type of wordy where the words were enjoyable. So it wasn't like yeah. it didn't feel like a chore because of no. that. Yeah, it, it's fun, and then it sets up what you know. The, the besides them, the the story of these aliens go back to their home world and you know 
Yeah, the aliens that were yeah, trying to vengeance. Yeah, the aliens that were trying to kidnap the Justice League, uh, basically it's revenge on the one who ruined their plans. So uh they're gonna be coming for the blue and the gold. Uh is the idea. It. Uh it's it's a very fun book. It really is. Mm-hmm. I, lo- I love this issue. And uh for anyone who you know is newer to comics and has read this issue and enjoyed it, um, but didn't read the uh you know the the Demise Giffen uh, Justice League stuff in the in the first place. Maybe go give it a try. You, you know you you would very much enjoy that if if you enjoyed this. Sure, you can find it digitally, but uh, I found my can't believe it's not the Justice League was ruined. Uh, it's out of print in trade, and I'm very sad. Uh, I think they're reprinting it at the minute. Um, oh. Oh. I believe they're reprinting it in you know the 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 current style of thick trades that DC have oh, been doing. It, um, it's also all on. Uh, uh, infinite. If if you want to oh. check it out online on there, okay. you know, on the subscription rather than buying all the singles or trades okay. digitally. Um, yeah, all good. No, it's, it, it's it's such a, a great fun issue, but there's so little to critique. You know, compared to some of the other comics out this week, like, you know, there, there's yeah. no depth to this in the way there is. Yeah. Catwoman. Even though Blowhard Booster is not my favorite, I love the the time traveling hero booster the most that Jurgens did. Mm-hmm. Jurgen's returning to this version of just the completely clueless, you know, where he has to remind him you can't stream all the time because the aliens will also know what you're doing. And he's, like, and he's like, good call. Good point. Yeah. Or even just, little moments where he calls Ted, Ted, and he's like, hey, secret identity. Yeah. He's like, no, no, stream is paused. Yeah. Don't worry, stream is yeah. paused. They're, they're, they're just, on an ad break. Yeah. Just the fact that, that Jurgens oh, has worked. The, you the, know, the fact that he keeps talking is uh, his Patreon. They don't call it that, yeah. but yeah. that's effectively what he's doing. It's uh, basically, uh, it's uh, got like they've got slightly off names for all the the social medias. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although while we're on the subject, patreoncom TV if you feel <laughs> so inclined. That one's got please pay truly me. Truly the boosted basically... gold of this show. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, please, please pay me, which is also what Patreon is just basically known as. Yeah, well, yes, but uh, yeah. if you if you like booster saving people, you you pay his Patreon. Yeah. Uh, if you like me making fun of Connor, you you pay for the Midwest TV Patreon. Let's <laughs> uh, argue with that logic. Uh, Blue and the gold. All right, Matt, what are you giving it? I'm giving it seven point five. It's solid. Connor, I, I had a blast with it. I'll give it an eight. I'll agree with Matt here on the seven point five. I think, uh, but it's it's all about what it's doing. Like it was a fun, pleasant read. Uh, so there you go. Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, issue two. Tom King writing with Bill Chris Evely on the art. Uh, continuing this narration of the young character, but obviously clearly in her older age. Uh, thinking back to this time that she spent with Supergirl, and they're traveling through space on what is effectively a space coach. Uh, which even starts with her young character having to like argue with an alien who is resting on her shoulder, mm-hmm. um, without consent. He, I I do not know disgusting. this character's name because I just started calling her Matty Ross after a while. <laughs> yeah, well, because this is true grit, and it just is. And, yeah, and to the point where I, because I I was not here for the first issue, so I read mm-hmm. both these issues today, and I realized halfway through the first issue before mm-hmm. it kind of clicked that it was, it was true grit specifically i started hearing the narration mm-hmm. in in that voice like in in her voice um 
it probably doesn't help that I listened to the audiobook of True Grit like <laughs> a few months ago. Um, also, that by helps. the way, after listening to the, the you know the audiobook as well, uh, Steinfeld's casting in that movie was phenomenal. Um, well, but uh, I mean, obviously, she was she universally recognized as great in that movie anyway. But um, yeah, no, I was just hearing that voice. But but this entire you know all these narration boxes, I do think it's a little heavy on the narration boxes. But yes. Uh, there is a heavy narration. Um, it does give it a kind of a tone, though, that is very different to to most comics. Uh, the, the, the way it kind of tries to, you because know, she's here on this, and she's like, "Hey, you know, my companion is Supergirl, and she will uh, defeat you, and whatever." You know, she tries to leverage that, and Supergirl just doesn't give a shit. I mean, what's mm-hmm. what's so funny about it is, yeah, she, she Supergirl is sort of in that true get role, but obviously she's still Supergirl, and there's moments of that later on in the issue. Uh, because one of the one of the things that started the narration here is that this character talks about how she was the youngest sibling and all the other siblings were boys and they only got to wash once per week and by the time she got to do it it was just this filthy water that it went through all these other people um and talks about how people in the town would like hold their noses at them because they thought they were all smelly the, and the point of that story is my might be my favorite part of this book though is that She's saying this because she knows what it was like to be really smelly. So if this coach that they're writing in was making her gag, it was really bad. Well, there is that. But uh, the the larger, more important thing, though, is that the payoff to it is later when Supergirl notices she's not washing her hands in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And it's this kind of sad thing where she just never, like, realized how easy it is for other people to like just have access to a sink and soap and just do this whenever you want like do it this willy-nilly and supergirl sort of teaches her to and there's a great sequence of panels going down the page just showing mm-hmm. her washing her hands and it's kind of this like weird surreal moment for her, her hands are nice it was and like a, a psa yeah late yeah uh well maybe that's what inspired it too you know yeah all those king, posters and videos that were everywhere yeah, king, last year king's like all right yeah, that's what we're doing. This is this is the the King and Evely take on a. Oh, it was going around a lot last year with the the, the lyrics of whatever yeah. song you chose to the to the correct hand washing mm-hmm. method. This was just that version. <laughs> okay, sure. I never thought of that once. So I was reading that, but okay. <laughs> um, I'm sorry for living in the real world. I'm sorry for just reading the intent of the story as I was reading it. Anyway. Yes, anyway. Uh, so, uh, you know, they get to a station for, for like, a pit stop. Uh, Alien basically tries to pick a fight with Supergirl because Superman threw some of his buddies in the Phantom Zone. Probably justifiably, uh, knowing Superman. Uh, yeah. And, you know, the, the, the character mentions that this is something that happened a lot on this trip, and she's not going to mention the rest of them, but this is just the example of the first time. They make it clear that this... Like, they'd constantly come up to her because, oh, they're too scared to fight Superman. But they assume that Supergirl is easier. The Supergirl is going to be a bit weaker, and they can take advantage of that. And, uh, you know, and Supergirl's really catty about it. I, I kind of uh, enjoyed her snarky attitude here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm wearing a big yellow S on my chest. Although I would argue that the S is red. It's the negative space that's yellow, but that's, you know, that's, Yeah, but, you know... You know. It's an epic. It's an epic. But uh but yeah, so if I'm not Supergirl, then you know, who the F do you think I am? Um before taking care of him. Um I you know, I I think this issue 
worked a bit better than the first issue for me because it felt like it was more because we'd already done the setup of what the 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 you know there was so much to introduce in the first issue whereas this felt like it was just more of a deep thought analysis of the early days of this trip and mm-hmm. it, it kind of worked better in that sense for me where we have some context already uh we have supergirl there's even kind of like a i think uh like a homage to the uh, the angel supergirl stuff from the 90s uh here uh-huh. i mm-hmm. i picked that up yeah uh because the the encounter does this like space dragon thing outside the which is gorgeous looking yeah. like uh, you know the way evely draws it this you know loose world in space it's, it... oh, it's incredible yeah it's outside the 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 coach or one of the stations and basically supergirl says okay who's got some of the some of those red pills and turns out it's red kryptonite in a pill and for regular you know other races it it gives them a you know a, a psychotic or a, uh not psychotic a psychedelic effect but yeah. uh for for a crypt- kryptonian of course it, it does other things and i feel like red kryptonite like changes every time it comes up yeah but... i I've, i'm not familiar with this take this is cake. this is more of a silver agey where you it, it's a random effect yeah i'd never i'd it's never like heard this Right, this idea that if if she like dreams something or thinks about something on the red kryptonite, it'll come true. But right. I kind of stopped thinking about it too much when I turned the page and saw the gorgeous art of her with the uh, the big fire angel wings outside mm-hmm. in space, like dealing with this dragon. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna let this slide because this is kind of nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because well, the art of it is just too gorgeous to overthink it. Yeah. So I yeah, know, I'm wondering how. Yeah, like, but like, how does the girl retelling the story? No, you know what I mean? That's also... She was looking out the window? No, I know that, but I'm talking about, like, with the, the red kryptonite. Like, did, you know, did did Kara explain this to her? I'm sure she yeah, does. How, yeah, yeah the, the dialogue comes from Kara saying, you know, sometimes you turn into a into a monster, sometimes your hair grows right. too long, but yeah. it's, a, yeah, it's, it's a, worth a try. It's a speech bubble. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, no, I know that. I'm talking I'm talking because this is all a retelling, correct? Yeah. As she's, she's going through, right? So did she explain it just in that way, and that's the way that she's... You know, well, no, that's the way she remembers well, it all these years later. The narration's you know? coming from present day or the future, but everything we're seeing in the panels, but when there's actual dialogue, that's just what dialogue was said. Okay, I'm still. It's fine. Yeah, I'm not sure what's confusing. Yeah, I don't know, yeah, this is not confusing. Oh, it's not confusing. I'm just saying that it, <laughs> when it comes to the red kryptonite stuff, where Pete's like, this is a new take on it, right? And stuff. Like, I'm just. As far as I know. In, I right. In the. And the vibe of it, I'm also, it's also, this is her retelling the story, you know, so it's not like we're seeing, anyways, it's just not important. Okay. You can move on. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, so she goes, this, and, you know, the, the, she narrates about how, like, she thought she couldn't be impressed by anything, or that she'd seen everything on her planet, uh, and turns out she was a damn fool, because this is, like, a whole other, other level. And that's when we get to the hand-washing scene. Where she's like, well, you've not been washing your hands, uh, and you know she says this, you know, and in the narration she's like, this was like something that would become really apparent over time as these moments of kindness because she is still Supergirl, um, and she just teaches her how to wash her hands, and it's just a simple little heartwarming sequence that it. I wasn't expecting that story about how she like would only get to wash once a week in such horrible conditions to come back in kind of a way that that felt like. I don't know, like, she's, like, finally getting to see, like, the other side of the world uh, in, in a very literal way uh, through this action and through this, like, 
just ease of use and opportunity. Um, and, yeah, then, and I love that Kara's able to, to pass it on to her, and he's like, yeah, I was on one planet where it was almost like an acid because their skin was real strong. So you have to be careful. Hopefully it's water. Yeah, I, so, I, I so, like that little so, moment. There's some good extra detail, yeah, just sort of like if you're on another planet, make sure it's still just soap and water they use. But uh, And then we have the sort of the bookend almost of the main part of it, which is once again there's an alien leaning on her shoulder and this guy's not really going getting talked down like the first one was and we just get the the elbow coming in at super speed and supergirl just goes straight back to sleep but this guy's got bloody nose now uh so it's a clear distinction from that first scene because this time supergirl even though she's still looking like she's sleeping did step in is paying attention and did look out for her so there is kind of that that bond forming as as we go uh, and then we get a couple of pages that pick up from the end of the last issue, which I was grateful for. Yeah, yeah, it kind of yeah. explains like the decision yeah. to go on this journey and what the goal of it is, beyond just getting the guy who murdered her father. Right, because we ended the, the the first issue that was still like around her little ship, and yeah. then the next, you know, the start of this issue, we're on the big coach with everyone, and I was, I, I definitely did a double take, I was like, did I miss something? Yeah, I, fig- uh, I figured it was stuff, co- coming yeah. at some point, and sure enough, it is here at, at the end of the book, uh, which is that Crypto is dying because they need a sample of the poison, because if the doctor can get the exact poison that was used, they can probably fix it and, you know, cure Crypto. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of a, there's like a noble goal of saving Crypto and all this as well. Uh, but this is, you know, what led to Supergirl accepting this mission to go after uh, this villain. Um so it's it's kind that's kind of neat yeah it's it's a neat mm-hmm. uh issue i think because i i think the first issue suffered for most people because it just wasn't what anyone expected it, you, no yeah. one was expecting this weird true grit like kind of like analogy told through supergirl uh but now that i think we know what it is i didn't get into this issue i was able to just kind of appreciate this issue for completely what it was and thought it was well told yeah, I, I think this is pretty fantastic. I think I would enjoy it even more if you took out about 30% of the narration boxes. Just the narration boxes specifically. All the dialogue's fine, but it's... so much narration. When when you're trying to read that much and someone at work is trying to talk to you because they don't respect the international symbol of book in face means leave me alone... Yeah, people don't do that with uh, earphones in ears. No, which I'm going to have to start doing, but... It doesn't work. Yeah, so like... um, Yeah, I I agree with Connor on that one. That You know, however, that's my own personal reading. It's not like I didn't... I didn't find them. It's just, it's very hard to keep it going when you're constantly being interrupted and you look down and there's so many narration boxes. For me, it's not that any individual one is bad. I think all of them are... Mm -hmm well written they all have that that really distinct voice and it gives it a good flow and through line but sometimes <laughs> i'm just like oh man just get out of the way of the art like that page with the angel wings mm-hmm. there's like 10 narration boxes on that like that needed like two at most on that page just let that be a big gorgeous page i get what you're saying uh it kind of fits the tone that it's going for and that like you know when i think of true grit and i think of that narration i think of it being constant i think of it being like 
Um, I don't. I I think that's one of those weird things of your. It's more prevalent in your memory than it actually is. It probably it probably is, but I, uh, yeah. I mean, I I get objectively, I get it. I, I do get it. I I just I don't know if it bothered me too much in the grand scheme of things. What I will say about the the art there, particularly with that that space dragon stuff and the the the, the fire wings, is that. I think what works so well about that is that because those couple of pages are very fantastical and it's very ethereal because it's all this sort of almost not abstract but very it's really soft lines in so, comparison so, to everything else. Soft lines, there's no boxes. It's all just this big splash and it's all very colorful and magical looking. I think what works so well about that is because the whole point of her main character here is saying that she thought she'd seen everything, but then this sight was like something she'd never seen before. The art was intentionally, I mean, it's still Billy but the art was very, you know, it was, as in regular comic book panels, it was all really normal looking things in the context of a sci-fi anyway. We're on ships and stuff and there's aliens walking about. But in very under, easy to understand context where there's people at a bar or there's whatever, they're in a bathroom. But you get to that few pages and it's like, oh, this is fantastical and otherworldly and something that it would be like seeing, I don't know, like a giant waterfall for the first time and you've never been near that or seeing something you know some something spectacular in nature it just it it really had that vibe to it uh especially that page before supergirl goes out to fight it um where you see it on the same page as the ship Mm -hmm. but the ship is very much a traditional sci-fi you know hard lines angles Mm -hmm. you know very square um and then you you know mechanical and then you have this dragon's very circular flowing kind of wraps around itself and it feels so completely different and at odds with the the current environment that it just sticks out yeah and i think you might even argue there's kind of a bit of symbolism here for supergirl uh and what she is in the world around her in many ways uh and what a lot of stories with supergirl tend to kind of like give her as a vibe as they they want her to feel like she is a special person there who is going to make things better for people. Uh, that's definitely something we see. I, I think specifically with her, I mean, you could apply that to almost any superhero in a lot of ways, really, but I feel like Supergirl mm-hmm. in particular, I feel like, has had that quite a few times in various stories that I've read about her, uh, where they'll, they'll go for that kind of, like, that compassion and that that kind of, those acts of kindness. Um, but with a bit more attitude than Clark has, because she is someone who you know, wasn't raised by the kids. She's got a little bit more of a snarkiness to her, and that's okay. Yeah. And um, obviously we've, we've praised Evely a lot, and rightly so. Uh, we should should give a shout-out to Lopez as well with the colours, because mm-hmm. they are stunningly gorgeous colours throughout this issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Matt's been a little quiet, though. Did you enjoy this issue, Matt? Yeah. No, I did. I just, again, I could not take it all in, because as I was trying to read it in the crunch today... Uh, I was constantly being interrupted, so yeah. And you get to get the fall. I'm gonna have to probably give it a re reread. Yeah, I, I don't think I can put the blame on Tom King for your <laughs> being interrupted. Absolutely not. That's why I'm being quiet because I can't. You know, the stuff that I did read that I did like. You know what I mean? So it, it's just as good and evilly art. We all know where I stand on that. So yeah, yeah she did some some issue of uh, mm-hmm. was it Batman? Have you ever heard of it? I think it was Batman. No. That was not Batman. All right, pretty cold snap. Uh, but that is a uh, that is a uh, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. What are you giving it, uh, Matt? 
Um, I'm despite what I just said, I did enjoy it. I'm gonna give it an eight. Connor, I'm gonna give it an eight point five, which which says a lot given my narration box concern. It would have, with less of them, would have been a nine easily. Hmm. Uh, I I will probably agree with the eight point five on this. Uh, but I think it's really good. I, I think it's it's saying something that yeah, it's probably like third or fourth out of the current Tom King books. But the standard he's got right now is actually exceptionally high. So, uh, it's not, it's not nothing to be sneezed. Which, which is the one for you that it's in competition with? Because you know, third or fourth out of the I think there is four, right? So yes, which is the one that. The other one that would be, yeah, and then that lower half. Oh, Batcat, for sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rorschach's number one, Strange Adventures is number two. There's no question in my head. I mean, this this could rise above, like, this, this could get up there, but yeah, then... Yeah, like, we're only two in. Um, We are a quarter of the way through this now. Yeah, you always try to make that distinction. That doesn't matter. Uh, I was just kind of made a point of, you know, we're, 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 we're already two in. It's not only two in. Yeah, we're only two in. This is a glass. I've been up since. This is. I've been up since four. This I'm is cranky. A, this is a glass two in, glass eight to go, thing. Six to go. <laughs> Six to go. Whatever. Yeah. Shop. We okay. shouldn't laugh at his problem. We shouldn't laugh, but it's hilarious. Oh, uh, uh, Car- Carter's good with uh, measuring things for glasses. <laughs> There's a lot of cocktails and. Booze drinks. Real quick, side tangent on oh, this. God. Connor, have you had Buffalo Trace? Yeah. Okay. Apparently it's very hard to find now. It, uh, uh, in the US, I have heard that. Because yeah. basically, it was a very affordable yeah. uh, bourbon that was punching above its price range. Yeah. And it got real popular. And yeah. they couldn't keep up with demand in the US. Um, okay. UK, it's still... It's its price has risen very very slightly, uh, no more than any other uh, alcohol has. I honestly, I'm more inclined to put it down to you know duty costs uh, instead of actual demand. It's still yeah. one of the cheapest widely available bourbons over here, and I'm yeah, well, very grateful for that. Good, good, good friend Jared has had me looking all around my. I, I literally walked at any shop in you know around me, and I'm. I can be eight percent sure any time they will that's, have a bottle. It's gonna hurt. Uh, how about the Eagle Rare? They're they're more aged one. Uh, it's harder to get over here. So hard. Um, okay. But uh, bourbon's a weird one where distribution over here, because obviously we we have to import it. It's right. always more significantly more expensive for the import right. costs. Um, so we tend to not have a lot of bourbon choice over here. Like it's very limited. Gotcha. Um, you can get it, but you mm-hmm. it costs probably twice what a bottle of Jack okay. Daniels would, for example. Gotcha. I was just wondering, I forgot to ask, I was going to message you, and I thought, why not now? We're making fun of his alcoholism. Uh, <laughs> we're going to the Patreon books, Matt. We're near the finish line. That's not... That's yeah. not uh, Let's go. Extend you guys this. talk. Yes. Every month on patreon.com slash TV. Uh, our patrons at one of some of the higher tiers can make myself a Connor read a book, and we're both going to do one today. Connor is going to talk about Harley Quinn, issue four. Unfortunately, I am. Let's <laughs> uh, see, uh, written by Stephanie Phillips, and then the reason I am reading this trash, 
Art by Riley Rosmo. Um, yeah, th this issue picks up right where we left off with uh, Harley down in the sewers chatting with Grundy, who isn't just doing the Grundy rhyme. He's kind of doing Hulk speak uh, for a lot of it. And they're playing chess for some reason. And Harley has one of the is it trolls, the little things with the hair. Aye, yeah. little toys. Sounds yeah. about right. Yeah. I think it's trolls. She has one of those, and uh, she's all you know, feeling sorry for herself. And she she accidentally pops the head off the troll, and she's like, "Oh, I break everything." And and the big recurring theme uh, that comes up this issue is is Solomon Grundy says so. Because no, no, you Harley Quinn, and she repeats back again, "Me Harley Quinn," um, and 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 that's kind of a, a big. A big theme for this issue with her, you know, the idea of her kind of taking that back for herself. But it's a lot of her just being like, oh, I don't know, you know, everyone's a bat character now. Should I really be a bat character? Uh, there's a weird, weird joke that I do not like where uh -oh. she, she's saying, you know, oh, I'm not Batman or Batgirl or Batdog or, or whoever else Bats is slapping his symbol on these days. And then Solomon Grundy interrupts her to say, Whomever. She she's getting grammar lessons from Solomon Grundy. Back really? back when Harley Bat. I don't think there's a good name for it. Bat Jester. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> but yeah, no, I uh, I I don't. You know, this is, this is a really common joke. You know, you know whoever, and then someone slightly unexpected correcting it with whomever. Mm -hmm. But uh, Solomon Grundy, really? Uh, yeah. Not good. And, and then Grundy checkmates her. I can tell you right now that I have never said the word whomever. So I've definitely... Uh, that's because you definitely needed correcting at some point then. Yes, I definitely corrected at some point. And there's all the shits I give there's right here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind me, I'm just checking the NHL draft that's going on right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, such, such I, I, a parody yourself. I, I also have the uh, the Olympic badminton on, on the other screen. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, you know, the, so the rest of the issue continues. We get a bit of Kevin at um, Strange's place. He's obviously he's in a straight jacket and being experimented on. And if there's one thing I hate more than Riley Rosmo art, it's Riley Rosmo art doing psychedelic shit. Because it does a wacky layout. The only thing I will praise this layout for, and it's more of a saving grace rather than praise, is it has arrows of where I should read it, and the panels are numbered so that I don't get mm. lost. And it's Very a saving grace. It's, it's a saving grace and praise in the sense that I needed that. It's a problem in that shouldn't need that. <laughs> it feels like it's correcting, it's fixing a problem that they've caused themselves and didn't really need to be there. Uh, frustrating. Uh, but, you know, Harley's then coming to rescue him. And uh, there is one funny beat here that I will give it, where she gets there and there's, you know, some goons outside picking up the delivery of whatever shit strangers getting delivered. And uh, Harley's, you know, she sees them 
and uh, you know she's coming up to, it, but you don't see Harley then. And you, know, you we cut to the goons, and you see you know the Batman shadow on the wall, and you know, it goes, you know, I am the night. And then it cuts up, and it's it's Harley up on the rooftop wearing a cape, and she's putting her fingers up by her, the side of her head to make bat ears in the shadow. Um, I'm guessing she's very good at the bat voice. If if it made you know if because it, it works, they run away. They they just drop what they're doing and, and literally just run away. It's like now nah, I'm not getting involved with Batman. She must be very good at the bat voice. Uh, but you know um, that was mildly amusing. Uh, she breaks in. You know um, she's looking around. You know she gets into the lab. Some horrible layouts again where. Things that should be inventive, like she knocks a beaker of chemicals onto the floor, and the crash, you know, the, the crash of the sound effect makes up the panel of the beaker, but it kind of just clashes. It, it's not neat, and because the you know the word, you know, it, it's it's a word where a lot of the details are in the middle of the letters, like C, for example. You know, it's it's in the middle that defines that it's a C and not you know an O. Um, so you, you really have to look through the word to see what's actually happening. It, it was really awkward. Uh, it, it inventive layouts gone wrong for me. Um, but she, she runs away, um, running from guards and she gets in a, in, in a, in a lift. And I say lift because she uses the word lift for some reason. I, I I didn't think Americans did that. Maybe occasionally. She she she's there going. Oh, there's nothing worse than an overcrowded lift when they all get in with her. And then on the next page, while we're fighting, you know, what is a reasonably nice panel layout where it goes down in panels, but the floors are going up, and you kind of see it going as you, as it goes. It's got a little bit of an elevator fight going on, and and she uses the word elevator on this page. Like, it's so weird like to, to flip back and forth she, she, like that from she, one page to the next. She's just been watching a lot of Downton Abbey or something. I don't know. Do they have lifts on that show? That was the joke, Matt. That was the joke. Okay. To be fair, they probably did. Not for people, like, obviously, but they probably had... Dumb waiters? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I've, no, I've never watched a single episode. I'll be honest, I thought it was set like 100 years ago, so I assumed there was no lifts. <laughs> I mean, non-people lifts like that. It's really just fancy Britain. Sure, but we're talking about people lifts, though. We're talking about... Because I I, I buy an American would call like a small bit of cargo lift a lift. Because it's... An elevator tends to be designated for a people lift. Is that the distinction in your mind between elevator and lift? One's for cargo, one's for people. No, I mean, I, I can interchange either of them. I don't really care, but... Yeah. Um, I don't know. Okay. I'm just... Look, I just wanted to crack a joke. I, I thought I'll think of a British show and I'll think of the one that definitely does not have a lot of elevators in it. <laughs> They're rich. They, they they probably had some. Sorry. Bad example. And they're picking it. But, anyway... Back to this issue. Um, uh, this is almost at the end. She gets to the top. And who should be there, of course, but Hugo Strange and some goons. And this is where I was very confused for about half a second. 
So you know how usually on the last page of a comic it will have a, you know, next something or other, you know, something to make it very clear that you're on the last page in a, in a single issue. You know, they tend to be removed for the trade, of course, but in a single issue they'll tend to have something little designated being like, next time this, you know, whatever. There's none of that. So it's not like a full page splash or anything that's like, oh, this is obviously the last page. It's it's Harley, you know, Hugo's there going, oh, I'm so pleased you could join us. And she, you know, drops an F-bomb. Censored, of course. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, And then I turned the page thinking there was more, and I was very confused because what I was greeted with with was the uh, the Pride splash page advert, you know, with all the characters. Mm-hmm. But reading from left to right, I didn't like. I didn't zoom out and uh, immediately realize. Uh, I say zoom. Out, I don't mean physically. I mean like with my eyes. I didn't unfocus to kind of take in the full splash. I just looked, and the first character you see is is, is Batwoman. And then I was like, wait, what's going on here? And then I realized, oh, I'm on the advert. The issue's over. <laughs> it was very confusing <laughs> for not having something to make that clear that I was at the end of the issue. I like that you referred to zooming out with your eyes. Like, yeah, that's what I mean, people do. <laughs> I, I, I feel like that made sense. Like I'm on a single page, and then a, and then a, a double page comes, and I don't refocus to look at the entire double page immediately. I'm still zoomed in on where I would be reading the first panel. Essentially, my eyes are ready to read the panel. And, and yeah, I, I didn't catch there was an advert right away because there was nothing at the end of the issue to inform me that it was the last page. And it, it was very confusing for a good second or so where I had no idea what I was reading. I hope the next issue of Harley Quinn at the last page just says, end of issue, moron, is the, the final <laughs> caption. <laughs> Issue's done, dummy. <laughs> I'd allow it. I'd allow it. Um, overall, though, uh, issue is... This is the first one since the first issue where I've liked s most of the writing. Didn't like the first bit with Grundy, but I like what everything was with Harley after that, with her kind of trying to find her place, kind of, is she part of the Bat family or not? going out and doing something heroic and actually, you know, trying to rescue someone. The the Batman shadow gag with the I am the knight. I like all that stuff. The art is possibly the worst it's been. Uh, the whole book with awful layouts, horrible psychedelic trip stuff that is actively confusing to read if you don't follow their markers that they had to put in afterwards. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a rough one. Um, because that, I'll probably give it a four. Maybe a four point five. All right. Well, that'll take me on to my Patreon book for the week. Uh, so I actually had the second patron sort of chime in and make me read Joker as well. So there's two issues of Joker that I'm doing this month, which is effective because it means that this issue that I'm about to talk about, issue five, is actually this month's issue that came out last week. Meaning that next month, when I do it for a patron, it'll be the brand new issue. Uh, on the week it releases, so that's cool. And th this issue is cruel. It is a cruel issue. Why is it cruel? You may ask, dear co-hosts and listeners and viewers we around the world. Uh, you were thinking about it. You were you were thinking in your head, why why is it cruel? Because it's not a wussy's face on art, right? It's not. A... Yeah, is this the Frank Villa issue? 
Frankie, this is a this is a yeah. I, I wasn't I was looking for the artist. I was forgetting that. Yes, this is a Frankie Villa issue. Gillen March was the one. Gillen March is the one. Yes, that was the name I was looking for. Uh, it's not Gillen March. So I got I got to page one of this and went, this looks quite nice. What's 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 going on? What's happening here? Uh, and it is, it is a flashback issue. Is 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 you know there's a reason. I, I believe that's the idea. Every handful of issues to give March a break, they are doing a Frankavilla flashback issue every so often. Well, I'm looking forward to the next Pete, one. Make sure you don't get whiplash. <laughs> but no, I start this, and not not only obviously is it really nice, but Frankavilla's style and the way the coloring is in this, which is pretty much all. Blacks, oranges, or you know, Gordon's hair and mustache, but also other things as well. So uh, it's Francavilla coloring, and then it? blues. Yes, but you've got that. But the the other thing that goes along with this, though, is that it actually makes it feel a lot more stylistically like Year One. And given that so much of this book is about Gordon, and it feels like it's meant to be harking back to Gordon and be a direct kind of continuation of the Gordon character from Year One, this feels far more fitting. And I kind of wish the whole book had this art. If the whole book had this art, then this book would be a, a force to be reckoned with because the story has been pretty solid and the characterization of Gordon has been pretty solid. And then, yeah, then this art. Uh, this, is, this is a fantastic issue. That's maybe the best issue of this book so far. Um, and not just because of the art either. The art obviously does add a lot to it. Uh, it makes it a very pleasing book to look at. But... This issue, it starts off in Gordon's at like outside of a building, there's some sort of situation going on with some cops and some uh, armed uh, suspects and they might wait for backup but Gordon says, no, screw this, I'm going in. It kind of plays hero in the same way that you think Gordon whereas the other cops are like, no, we're waiting for backup. And he ends up diving at a guy and they go out the window and but he's effectively saved a cop's life by doing this, who was lying shot in the on the floor. And then Harvey Dent shows up, young Harvey Dent. And he's like, hey, here's the cowboy, the hero, uh, jumping around. Uh, but, and for a while here, I'm thinking, okay, this is this is really solid stuff. It feels like kind of a post-year one. It was Captain Gordon now. Uh, he's working with Harvey Dent. We're doing this stuff. But what the hell does this have to do with Joker so far? <laughs> so up until, you know, this fourth or fifth page, there's not... And he's like, hey, the, 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 the perp we got, he squealed about Falcone. There's going to be a Falcone, like, shipment happening in a, in a couple of nights. And we should go do something. Maybe, maybe even, you know, call that, you know, you know quote-unquote friend in. He's like, yeah, I'll get a message out tomorrow. And it's like, okay, this is all super interesting. But then we go to... Uh, but there is a brief mention of the Joker, where Harvey says that they've decided not to try him uh, they've declared him insane and therefore unfit, and he's going to go to Arkham. And Gordon's like, so this is the first time they've caught Joker, and he's going to Arkham. And Gordon's pissed about this. He's like, that, but that's not, that's not right. Uh, he's not crazy. I mean, he's not. You know, and Harvey points out that he's not exactly a sane person. He's like, well, no, he's not. He is something else, but he's not. He's completely aware of what he's doing. He is not someone who is not in control of his actions. And a lot of this issue, what it actually is, because we then have a therapy scene where it's couples counselling. He's there with uh, uh, with his wife Barb, and he has to like duck out of this meeting as quickly as possible because he wants to go and ins- ins- inspect Arkham. He wants to meet with uh, Jeremiah Arkham, and at this point in time, Arkham is not designed for like you know criminally insane. It's mostly just a hospital for mentally you know ill people, and 
there's like one guy who's got kind of like a reinforced cell, but other than that, uh, it was there was a character here, um, uh, Billy Sampson, uh, whose rich brother paid for his his, his fancy cell because he's he is he is dangerous, and he's pissed that Joker's in a regular room that's just locked with a key and it's, there's nothing else about it, and he demands that Joker be moved into this more secure cell. This guy's been drugged up. He's not a danger to anyone. He calls the brother and tries to convince him to, like, approve this. And Gordon is so concerned about Joker getting out that he actually decides to just, on his own, stake out the place in, the, in his car all night. He tries to call in the station to get them to send out, like, some relief, you know, a couple of cops to, like, keep watch. But the station won't do it because the Joker's where he's supposed to be. There's, there's no concern here. But Gordon recognises that the Joker's more dangerous than this and he hears commotion, he runs in, Joker had gotten out of his cell, but he just went to the kitchen and helped himself with some cake. Gordon throws him back into his cell and just gets a seat and just sits across his door and just waits and just makes sure he's not going anywhere. So it's all about just the, the start of the obsession. The start of the Joker is something else that is in his mind. And Joker talks to him through his little, his little, you know, his little, uh, porthole. Window? Okay, yeah, window, I guess. But, you know, it's like a little slider. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, and he's like, hey, you know, like, you know, you're here all by yourself. You know, I've clearly gone to you. I'm clearly in your head, aren't I? I've been in your head since since we met, since I tried to, you know, poison the uh, the water supply, which I'll, I love that they've kept that in, by the way. I, I love that every time mm-hmm. we bring up Joker's first, like, like, attack on Gotham, it's always the water supply. I like that that's mm-hmm. stuck all these years. Uh, and basically, when Joker is like ranting, he's talking about, "Hey, you know, you 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 can take down Falcone. You understand Falcone. You understand Maroni, but you don't understand me. And you know who I am. I, I'm an anomaly, and you can't understand what I am, and that scares you. And he realizes that he was supposed to like call in Batman for backup. He was supposed to help Harvey, and he rushes out to the car and he tries to call in." And say, hey, Harvey, Harvey, can you hear me on the radio? He's like, I couldn't, you know, I got, I got caught up in something. I didn't reach out to Batman. You're going to have to, like, you know, postpone the, the thing or whatever. And he comes back and I, once again, Joker's door's open. And he's gotten back out to the kitchen. He really wants that slice of cake. It's just Joker being mischievous. So he returns again. And Gordon sits there all night, just constantly smoking with his gun in his hand, he's just this freaked out at the idea that Joker's not properly being contained. And in the morning, Jeremiah Arkham comes in and says, look, the brother approved us to, to use his cell. He's actually going to renovate a whole wing uh, for the criminally insane. And this, you know, is the, the start of Arkham Asylum being Arkham Asylum as, as we know it. Uh, so Gordon finally goes home. But when he's driving back, he hears on the radio that... Harvey then and the, the team of cops who tried to take on Falcone were ambushed. They knew they were coming. It was a trap. A lot, Some of them got killed. And this all happened because Gordon wasn't doing what he said he was going to do because he wasn't paying attention to the rest of the job. Joker got into his head and he became obsessed with Joker. And this happened as a result. Uh, Harvey even says those, those you know, the, the people who were shot are, are on you. This is your fault. And Gorn's beating himself up, and he, and the final page of the book, or the final page of the story, is that he goes home, 
and there's a sign saying happy anniversary mum and dad but the the table's like you know been used and it's the the, the wine bottle's knocked over he's not been home for his anniversary dinner uh which was set up earlier on in the, the therapy session uh so it's it's this really great just character study of Gordon dealing with this idea and I, th- I think the fact that Joker's not mentioned at first, and because it starts off being about this other plot, it's kind of the, one of the things that I love about the Dark Knight, the movie, is that the, the, the plot's not about the Joker. The, the plot's about the, the mob bosses, and the Joker kind of shoehorned his way into it. It's kind of like that in this, where just the idea of the Joker, once Gordon's got the idea that Joker's not secure, that's it. Like, it gets in the way of everything else that he's supposed to be doing in his life. His actual cop work uh his his family life you know his, his relationship with his wife which is clearly rocky at this point already all of it just gets interrupted by his obsession with making sure the joker is secure and it just works so well the art is gorgeous uh the ending's perfect uh just sort of hitting home this the start of it and it adds a lot of nice context to the, the ongoing story in the book as well so it doesn't just feel like it's a, just a redundant flashback like and honestly, it's just a really nice kind of set in this time period story for Gordon. Like, it, I have very little negative to say about this. The art's fantastic. It's a really good Gordon story that relates to Joker, which informs the ongoing uh, story. Um, Joker, in this story, even says at one point, you you, 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 you wouldn't kill me, Gordon. You know, that's not you. You don't kill people. So even that idea from this early part of the, the career of Gordon, well, it's not that, I mean, Gordon was a cop for a long time. You know what I mean? The early part of the comic book career of Gordon uh, is, is so good. Is there a fly in the room, Connor? You're, you're doing a lot of... I have two very large moths flopping around I'm, me. I'm not... you, you, I know. They keep distracting me. They keep going right past my head. I'm, I'm, just, I'm seeing I'm his head go, looking around like a, like a madman. You can see it on the bloody camera at times. I can see it. I can see it. That's the... There's two of them. There's, There's two, two moths. They're huge. And they're, they're go- pissing me off. They're going to multiply. They're going to have sex soon. There's going to be a whole family of moths. Uh, I, I just muted myself so I could swear quite loudly at my annoyance. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, honestly, this is a standout issue, which on it, which works kind of on its own. Like, if you want to just buy this issue just to read this story, like, you could just read it on its own and it would work. I, I believe the idea with these Frank Avila issues is key moments in Gordon's life that the Joker has affected. Obviously, this is the, yeah. the post-year one. I think, I don't know if it's the next one or the one after they're doing... Uh, you know, uh, what happens after the killing joke. Ah, yeah, well, the killing joke's been heavily mentioned in this, the present-day story already by him. Yeah, yeah It would make complete sense to uh, go back to that at some point. Uh, but, uh, honestly, I, I would take a, a Gordon book that just goes through, like, parts of the, the timeline like this. It just does... Because this was so good that uh, I, I, I can't uh, recommend it enough. And- Frank Villa is one of the best artists working today. Uh, if you're interested in like in pulpy, yeah, it's so pulpy, st- dark stuff. It's so so stylish. It's so dark and shadowy, and moody. And again, this idea that the art is so singular focused and its tone ties into Gordon being so singular focused in his entire like uh, mindset. So, it, like all, all of it just clicks together really well. Uh, I I highly recommend Joker issue five. Um, <laughs> And it's going to hurt when I get Gil and March Hart in issue six. <laughs> That's going to hurt. But yeah, this is a roaring success. 
So it, it's lucky for the other books that this isn't uh, also competing for the, the the picks in a minute because this technically for art, right? Because this doesn't count because it's last week's issue. But if if I had done this on the week it came out, this would have been uh, fighting up there for some of the categories. So. Uh, but that is Joker issue 5 uh, it is a straight up 9 out of 10 wonderful stuff uh, there, although there is a backup story I should mention <laughs> there's a backup oh, story uh, <laughs> I'm sorry Matt am I am I keeping you yes yes uh, <laughs> I'll, be, was a bad question to ask. I'll be quick with this uh, so this is Harper's brother being around more of his like his uh his like boyfriend's friends who start speaking really like I don't know just really severely about pun- punchline and how much they support her, and he actually maybe starts to think they're going a bit too far and tries to leave, and the the boyfriend chases out after him and is like, hey hey like, you know I should have spoke up you know he's a bit extreme, uh you know the other guy who was there uh, you know I'll do it you know I'll never let I'll never not speak up again, uh and tries to convince him to stay. Uh, meanwhile, Harper goes to see her father in prison because she wants some intel about what uh, what Punchline's up to. Um, and honestly, the biggest fault of this is that the issue ends uh, with Punchline in prison saying they're looking for someone and we see someone else in the prison called Kelly Ness uh, quivering in fear. And I hate the art in this backup, for the record, because it's really... It? There's a lot of anime eyes there. The art is by Sweeney Boo. Who I... I believe was on one. Sweep, I think it was on the the Batgirl story in Urban mm. Legends we just had, right? Like the really cartoony yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, I have to admit, I I don't remember who because so the name of this character at the end is Kelly Ness, and I feel like I'm supposed to know who this is, and I don't remember. So the name might have been mentioned in the last backup story, but. It's kind of hard to remember some of these backup stories, like, even though I like Punchline and I like generally what it's doing, uh, because there's so little in each one that I I got to this last page and I'm like, oh, I don't know, I, I don't know who this is. Uh, it's just Punchline's former friend, so luck. It probably came up in the backup before. So, yeah, it probably did. Yeah, I, I just yeah. But I, I, so the ending was like, that's oh, all. Okay, who's this? All right, never mind then. Uh, so the backup's like a like a five because the, I hated the art and uh, it, it didn't make much sense to me. Uh, so, but the main story though, main story, nine out of ten. Uh, I'm all I'm all about it. Uh, so there you go. Uh, that'll take us out of the part of the show where we pick our favorite stuff of the week, favorite panel slash moment, favorite cover, favorite art, top five books, uh, the usual rigmarole. Matt, what was your favorite panel slash moment? Uh, it's gonna be from Nightwing where the, the cavalry is coming to save him, and then they get called off. Mm-hmm. And it's a really, real fun take, and seeing the Titans show up with, with the other Bat family. Yeah. It's, uh, I love that kind of storytelling. I may have had that until I read Catwoman, and mm-hmm. the page turned to the explosion, and uh, Valet mm-hmm. walking out of the fire. That that sequence is just absolutely That's like two different pages. You can't put two pages. It's a moment. I'll take the explosion itself, but honestly, though, it's all one big package moment, right? It's just one big package. Connor, what are you picking? I, I, I'm narrowing it down to the single panel of Father Valley walking out of the fire. Mm, Look at him. He tried to like get me to drop that in a technicality, so he was the only one who had that exact panel. It was a little bit. <laughs> to be honest, though, I could have just gone with something from Supergirl. The, 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 the big dragon 
mm-hmm. would have done it, frankly. That page, right. if, if if I could take out the narration boxes and just cover yeah. it Yeah, cover of the week. Uh, I have to admit, I don't love a lot of covers this week, uh, but I think, I, I like the variant for Supergirl, but I will probably go with the Jamal Campbell variant for Nightwing. Uh, as the wrong choice because the correct choice is the Catwoman variant. The, the Thank Jenny you. Frizen. It's, it's well, the only correct. When are choice. you going to learn that I almost never pick Jenny Frizen covers? Like when you start Ivy, picking them. Selena, perfect. <laughs> Such a good cover. Yeah. Matt, what's your pick? Are you picking that? Yeah, that's my right, Okay. All right. All right. All right. I'm shocked. All right, yeah. Connor, best art of the week. Oh. Um, yeah. Damn it. This is this is a, honestly this is a tough week for art because you know I've got you know, I've got Yannin, I've got Evely, Blanco all all turning in stellar pages. Bloody Brian sucks on an issue; it isn't even in contention. Mm-hmm. You know that's how good this week is. I'm probably going to give it to to Supergirl uh, and Evely and, and Lopez's colors just just stand out. Hmm. Uh, Matt. Uh, Blanco for Catwoman. I didn't have to think twice. Uh, yeah, Catwoman. I, I don't have. You know, if, if if that Joker issue was in the same week, like I yeah. I I made a pick. Oh that. god, I'm I'm so glad I don't, I didn't read that and that wasn't in this week because, oh man, you throw Frank Avila into this mix. Yeah. How do I yeah. possibly choose? Kumar was was up there for Justly Dark, uh, and then of course Yannon. I mean, come on, but yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah, Frank Avella may, but I don't even may. He would have got the win. But out of the the books from this week, I, it's this Catwoman. I, I say a week where Brian Suck is not even in consideration for the top three is a hell of a week for us. Uh, yeah, uh, was well, the thing? I mean, Catwoman would have had competition from Nightwing if it was all Redondo, but it wasn't. It was you know it was right. it was it was an up and down kind of affair. So, uh, you know, Catwoman. But yeah, all right. Uh, Top five books then, Matt. Uh, off you go. All right. Number one's Catwoman. Two is Nightwing. Three is Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. Four is Superman and the Authority. And five is Blue and Gold. Cool. Connor? Uh, Catwoman. Uh, number one. No question. Uh, then Supergirl. Yeah, that. Probably Nightwing, Blue and Gold, uh, Superman and the Authority. Uh, I'm starting off kind of similar here because I'll go number one Catwoman, number two Supergirl, number three Nightwing, number four I will go. Uh, blue and gold. Then number five Flash. That's uh, I think where I'm landing on that. So, uh, neat. So I will take this time to tell you about. Next. I thought you were skipping. Just through cadence, I thought you were gonna say something he, else. He, he was about to go. That, sentence, gonna... that was the Patreon producers leading. No, I wasn't. And I was like, I was gonna go, "Hey Pete, what's up?" I was week? looking See, for you my only tab. Ever say, I'll take this time too. That is no, your line. He has added that with, but just with certain cadence, it was going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't tell me what I was going to say. Okay, I was stalling. How dare you be right? I, I was stalling whilst I was finding my tab. Right, it was, it was. It, do you know what it is? It's good, good, good presentation work. It's what that is. Presentation. Presentation. Yes. 
<sighs> you gonna tell us what's coming then? I, I no. am. I'm just there. Uh, I'm, I'm coming down He's for a second. He's gonna give us the Patreon producers list that he brought up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I wish, you know what? Matt, is, what there, is there a chance I can get you to like install a mechanical arm uh, with a boxing glove that's next to your computer screen that if I press a button, it'll it'll just reach out and whack you in the face? <laughs> Is no. that is that a possibility? No. <laughs> no. However, <laughs> if you send it to Ashley, she will more than, <laughs> more than happily set that up. I think the viewers would love I it. I feel like there's a similar situation here with Paige. Yes. She, she would be all for it. There, there was a point when we were mini golfing that she goes, okay, enough happy Gilmore jokes. <laughs> it's, it's enough. All right, here's what's coming next week from DC Comics. Detective Comics 1040, Action Comics 1033, Wonder Woman 776, Strange Adventures 11, Infinite Frontier Issue 3, Robin Issue 4, Batman Superman 20, Harley Quinn Issue 5, Teen Titans Academy Issue 5, Batman Reptilian Issue 2, and uh, amusingly, uh, was meant to be out two weeks ago, and was delayed from a week Matt was missing to another week that Matt is missing, <laughs> and that is Superman Son of Kal-El issue one uh, from Tom Taylor. But uh, okay. we also have Other History of the DC Universe issue five, Checkmate issue two, Batman's Secret Fails Huntress issue one, Wonder Woman Black and Gold issue two, Mr. Miracle Source of Freedom issue three, Ruby Justice League issue four, Looney Tunes 261, and DC Connect 15. Uh, now that was a very long list, but admittedly, a lot of those were not things that we typically read, so yeah. it's okay. But you know how, like, I have this whole thing of like, yeah, if I'm only getting a few pages of content, I'm not going to like buy a whole issue. Yeah, there's uh-huh. a Tilly Walden story in that Wonder Woman Black and Gold, so I'm probably going to buy it. Oh, fine. It's a good uh, Dotson's cover too. Yeah, mm. I mean, there's a Tamaki story in there. There's there's a McKelvey's on our on an issue. I, I'll, I'll get other stuff out of it. So so after oh, after the, the signal issue, mm-hmm. uh, I was a little head shy about Huntress, but it's Tamaki. Huntress is Tamaki, so uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't worry. It's a busy week. I I've got like nine books, but you know it it's uh. Ho- hopefully, I have enough time to get in Infinite Frontier this time, so I don't leave that. You will off. have to read your books very early, Matt. This is becoming yeah, yeah. Matt said Doomsday Clock. Yeah, if, if, if that's not here, <laughs> Frontier must be out. Um, um, uh, definitely, definitely, I will try to get uh, I, Superman. I, I, I believe we're recording significantly earlier, Matt. Yeah, well, then oh, that's, that's a good point. Yes, we're recording. Me, we're recording on Wednesday next week, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, not gonna happen. <laughs> you'll, uh, you'll just have to give us some brief thoughts when you're back the following week, and, and yeah. you can tell us all about Matt, the cover of Checkmate, and you can answer the question: Who is Damon Rose? Well, uh, Justin told me that's Lois Lane's brother, Sam Lane's son. Uh, they, they spoiled it. It's not even the Checkmate issue. Yeah, boy. All right, cool. Let's wrap this up. I'm, I'm hungry. I'm well, cranky. I'm tired. I, 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 I want to uh, punch things. Uh, I could is, tell. Is the draft going that badly? No, I'm just. I've been up since four a.m. Let me finish, uh, let me do the outro then. Jesus Christ, don't don't tangent them into something else, us, right? When you want the shorty uh, end. books are coming next week. The books are already. I've already had the books coming next week. Uh, okay, just making sure. <laughs> They're done. It's over. Uh, I will now take this time to thank our Patreon producers: <laughs> Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Short, Board Now, Al Trisman, Christopher Moy, David Brown, 
and Stanley. Oh, Stanley. Stanley, Excelsior! Stanley. Uh, you can, of course, support us over at patreon.com slash TV for as little as $1 per month and help keep all the content coming. At the $5 tier for this show in particular, you get the show a day early. Uh, you get it on Saturday sometime whenever it's finished uh, versus the usual Sunday time. So if that's of interest, go have a look and see if you want that uh, early access. Uh, but go and have a look. You can also support us, of course. Uh, if you're on YouTube, you can hit the like button. Uh, you can comment, you can subscribe, you can ding the bell. Uh, and if you do listen to the audio version, it may be worth going over to the YouTube uh, Comics of the Multiverse channel occasionally uh, because all of the old episodes are being split up and uploaded individually for each review. So in theory, when it's all done, there'll be a playlist of just, say, all of like Batman from Rebirth issue one up until now. Uh, obviously, there's a big gap right now where they've not been done yet, but like gradually, it's getting there. Uh, so, uh, if that's of interest, if you're to just like relive the thoughts of a series, uh, the option's there. Uh, Watch a sour on books like Tomasi's Superman and yes, King's yes. Batman in real time. Yes. Uh, so you can go check out that. Uh, obviously, if you're on the audio version, you can uh, rate us five stars, give us a review on iTunes, a review your podcast from. Uh, all that does help. Get us on Twitter at DC Comics Podcast, of course, uh, and share us out on there as well. Always a help. Uh, the comics community is both big, uh, but also very small, and it's very easy to reach uh, the rest of it. So uh, sharing us out uh, to the rest of the comic community is probably a fun fun thing you can do that will be very helpful. Uh, otherwise, no, that is us. So yeah, like we'll be kind of implying, Matt is uh, absent again next week. Uh, he's got. A th- I don't even know what he's doing next week. I can't remember. I'm, I'm going to an Angels game to finally see Mike Trout play in person, Some- and hopefully see Shohei Otani hit a home run. So it was something stupid. Okay. Uh, so. Oh, uh, So, but Matt will be back the following week. Uh, unfortunately, you're stuck with me and Connor. Uh, next week. Who knows? I may not be there the following week. The following week, sure. Yeah, be here next week. If we're fortunate. <laughs> you can dream. Oh dear. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Connor. I don't mean that. That's fine. But I, you, I'd mean I it. I wouldn't. But there you go. Uh, <laughs> Connor's self-esteem so low, he even hates himself. <laughs> so <laughs> isn't that just everyone? Yeah, true. So there you go. That is uh, that is the show. That is episode two six three. I think we're on. I've forgotten. It's been so long. Uh, but let us know what you thought of this week's books and the comments uh, or on Twitter or wherever. So always nice to hear. Uh, but that is us that is us so we'll see you next time Uh, keep reading DC Comics um, and remember to never get lost in the Speed Force or the multiverse the place is real big